Hello and welcome to another episode of the Bikini Podcast. This is episode number 39 and today we're with IFB Bikini Pro, Australian Bikini Pro, Ness Herrera. Ness, welcome to the show. Hello everyone, thank you for having me on here. Thank you for coming on. So I wanted to start off with, because we always talk about contest history, but mm-hmm. was there a particular person that inspired you or how did you start competing? Well, I've been competing since 2015. So my history with that was I started back in the whole IMBA, ICN days. And there was one particular girl on Instagram. And back then, was, that was when kind of Instagram kind of popped up. And it was Justine Munro. So she's an American IFBB athlete. She has the, probably the world's most incredible looking glutes I've ever seen in my life. And I remember looking at her photos going, holy shit, I could never be like that one day. <laughs> but she was like one of the first girls like in the fitness industry and like with competing everything that I kind of followed. So I was obsessed with the way she looked. But obviously back then, little small Ness didn't think that she could do it <laughs> or at least get to that level as well. So she was kind of like my inspiration for it. Um, yeah, I really kind of looked up to her and a lot of the other American girls, like more back in the 2015 kind of era as well. So I think Angelica was around back then as well, or just coming into the scene and Ashley Coltweiser as well. Yeah. yeah I think so. yeah, Ashley K probably would have been Miss Olympia back then. And I think Justine yeah. was in the top six. She was. Yeah. She always tracked really quite highly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and for anyone that doesn't, uh, doesn't know, check out Justine Monroe, really muscular for a bikini girl as well. Mm-hmm. I think she was probably on the higher end back then. Yeah, yeah. And even now, so she's, I think she had like a year and a bit off or something. And she just came back recently for the Arnold's in Ohio. And it was interesting actually to see how her body shape compared to the girls at the moment. And so completely different because it's just evolved so much. And there's much more of a kind of feminine kind of look to it, but she's still quite muscular, especially even having like so much time off. Yeah. So can you talk to me about your contest history? So you mentioned ICN. Was it ICN or IMBA back then when you did it? Well, so I, w- I started in IMBA and then that was, so I did a few comps there and got my pro card in IMBA. That following year is when they changed to ICN. So I just stayed with them for one of the pro shows and then changed into IFB from there on. So yeah, it was in that weird transition before they kind of broke up. Right, yeah. Or moved away. Um, and then after they turned to ICN, that's when I decided to jump ship and join IFBB. Okay, cool. So when yeah. was your first IFB show? It was in 2017. So September, yeah. yeah. And then you turned pro at the 2018 Arnold. Yes, right when they turned to pro league, yeah. Yeah, so I remember going to that show. Um, Where did you come from? So did you, because what was your competition history? Did you win a show? Did you think, hey, I'm going to go to the Arnold to win this. I'm going to get a pro card. Like, what was your thought leading up to that show? So... Funny story. (laughs) Not really funny, but so with the ICN days and everything, I kind of was thrown into it really quickly and turned pro like really quick as well. So I competed in three shows, got my pro card in IMBA, went overseas, did their natural Olympia, whatever that kind of was, and did quite well over there as well, came third. Um, So that was like my first pro show in a natural competition and all those ones back then. And then when they seared into ICN, I did their very first pro show in Bali and won that. So I had a pretty good like back end of it. I was nervous to kind of change to IFB. That was always where I wanted to go, but I was always quite nervous because I was doing so well, but I definitely outgrew it all. Um, and then when I changed to IFBB, so the first comp I did, I did quite well again. I ended up winning both novice and open. So I started back from the beginning again, didn't go, obviously had to work my way up and kind of gain, I guess, my status, if you want to call it that. And then um, we moved into, that's when they changed into Pro League. So that following year, started 2018. Um, did the state show. I didn't place at the state show. And 
I know when I did get my pro card of the Arnolds, there was a lot of controversy around that. There was a lot of talk about that too. So I think, well, we think I came fourth because I was in the top four girls and then obviously I didn't get top three. So I was pretty devastated to be honest with you because I've had this huge history of always doing really well and then I didn't place at all. So it messed with my head a little bit, I will admit, but that kind of just made me think, okay, cool. You know, Arnold's is what it is. I've never done an Arnold's before and that was always my goal, like my next kind of step. I really just wanted to be on the Arnold stage. And I think because I was just so like, you know, accept what it is, whatever happens kind of thing. And I really had a completely different attitude to it in the past. So I'm like, no, nah, I'm going to win this. And I was kind of cruising into it. And I think because I felt so relaxed, I didn't put all that pressure on myself. And then I did really well and got my pro card. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. I guess my attitude and just the way they kind of like held myself as well made me feel better about being there. And I guess my confidence showed and I did quite well. So yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting because um, I, I forgot about that because I wasn't sure how you went at the state show. So you probably placed fourth at the state show. I and assume, yeah, because there was always the four girl, us four girls at the, um, on stage and they were comparing us a fair few times and mm. we all went off and they got top three. So, yeah. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Yeah. So, like, mm. it's going back on that and reflecting on it, you know, you so you didn't place in the top three. The goal was probably to win that show. So how long between that show and the Arnold did you have to prepare? And did you change much? What was your feedback from the show from uh, the judges' yeah. point of view? What did your coach tell yeah. you? So there was three weeks, I believe. Um, I looked back at videos and I was mortified at my posing. <laughs> oh, sorry, my dog's crying in the background. Um, yeah, I, was, I personally was mortified at my posing. I, was, I thought I was so stiff and I just looked uncomfortable you know what I mean so I went back to the drawing board I'm like no I've got to change this up like you know be a bit more relaxed in what I do and we tighten things up a little bit as well so um yeah I think we're just kind of adding more cardio that kind of thing and I feel I felt like I needed to be more be a bit more leaner as well like I felt like I looked a bit fluffy on stage um suit color as well I don't know why I chose a gold suit yeah that did not suit me <laughs> that was not my color um so again coming down to the aesthetics things as well i just no nah, i'm a more of a purple movie kind of girl and i'm glad i chose that for the arnolds as well so yeah just some small finer details things and then i feel like maybe that kind of got me across the line but then of course arnold stage is huge there was that year it was the first pro league arnolds as well and i think there was 300 girls in total it was a big show yeah i i, I remember going to that show and yeah it was a massive massive lineup and um, I think, didn't Steve Head judge that? Steve Weinberger? Yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. see, that, that's the big advantage as well. So, like, you didn't do so well at the state show. Um, for anyone listening, so Steve Weinberger is the head bikini. Well, no, he's the head, not just the bikini, sorry. He's the head judge of IFB Pro League, period. So, whatever he says goes. So, yeah. it would have to be very rewarding, um, despite what may, maybe people have said. Hey, listen, yeah. the head judge just gave me the nod. Like, yeah. you know, I got my pro card. So, that, would that give you some validation? Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, people talk and we're in the industry for people to have their opinion. And, you know, I've gone into this knowing I put myself on stage to be judged by professionals and also everyone else who can see it. And of course, on social media. So I've had to really learn how to have a thick skin in that respect. Um, people talk shit, as you know, people are going to have their opinion. You know, they're always going to pick you apart to kind of figure out why you won or you know the reasons why they think you shouldn't have won and especially around when i won my pro card that main thing was oh well she didn't place at the state show why does she want it that but and of course like you said the validation of no hang on a second one of like the head judges of the federation chose me like i must be doing something right <laughs> you know this isn't a fluke i don't know this guy he doesn't know me from a bar of soap and he chose me to win so you know there's your evidence really so yeah 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 and it's, it's for anyone listening i should have said uh steve is from new york so he's an american judge yeah. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. that, that says it all. So, you know, going back to, you know, competing, um, what is your long-term goal in this game? What would you like to achieve? 
I mean, I've always kind of set myself little stepping stones and obviously starting out in a, in a I shouldn't say smaller federation, but a different federation. In my mind, I had to really kind of push myself to move into IFBB because I thought I could never kind of be as good as the girls that I kind of looked up to in a sense. So I've always kind of set myself little milestones. And obviously, when Arnold's came around last year, I did quite well and I was not expecting to place in the top five like I did. So coming fourth, so that was like a huge... That was a huge moment for me. It really, really was. And that kind of solidified to me as well. Like, hey, like you should really kind of push the barriers of this. And I've always kind of wanted to go just for the next step. It was always about winning my pro card first and then, you know, obviously try and go for a show. Um, the first pro show I did was in Japan and I came seventh in that, which I was like, wow, okay, this is pretty cool. And then, of course, moving into the Arnold's as well. So I've always wanted to obviously push for Olympia. This year, obviously things have turned to shit <laughs> and two opportunities to kind of go for that locally have now been taken away from us. So... I don't know what's going to happen in the future now. It's just whether we can get out of the country, our show is going to be available for us, what's going to happen. So ideally, I'd love to go on that Olympia stage. I mean, I've been competing for five years and I'm not doing it for no reason. So I want to kind of push it to as far as I can go. Yeah. Were you prepping for yeah. that maybe season B pro show that was supposed to happen? Uh, I half started. And yeah. because I was just like, you know what, Arnold's, that was... Gut, like that was gut-wrenching being told mm. six days out and I really want to start I kind of got myself ready to start and kind of started cleaning up my diet started to make that process to start my prep and everything but um Mark my coach and I was like yeah we'll start soon because just give it a week I'm like yeah cool give it a week that week come around and I was like oh I don't know Mark things aren't looking great I don't want to start kind of like dive headfirst into a full-on prep in saying that though my preps are usually quite crazy like, I don't really think there's ever been a time with Mark where I've gone, this is too hard for me to do. I'm well-fed, I eat well, I train really hard, and that's just my normal lifestyle anyway. So I wasn't really training too much. It was just more so kind of gearing myself around, okay, I'm going to go into prep mode, stop going out every weekend, stop being so social, like, start to distance yourself and that kind of thing and really just get back into a more solo routine. Yeah. So um, it's such a shame. Oh, I mean, but it is what it is. So it would have been amazing kind of just to be a part of history as well. Like, I'm so about that, like being, you know, the first Australian bikini pro show and there's those girls who did it for the first time ever, you know, but it'll happen, but yeah. who knows when. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Can you tell us a bit more about, you know, your mindset? Because you, you mentioned a couple of things, but what motivates you to, to really achieve that greatness? Well, I've always kind of... I guess for me, like I've always kind of wanted to be the bigger and better version of myself. And that's where I've always applied myself in life. I've always been good at competing and that's where I find that I can really shine in myself. So for me, I want to see myself go as far as I can go. And a lot of that also, you know, I want to make my family proud. I want to make my fiance proud. And it's not really about everyone else, but like I kind of just want to do the best that I can so I can say one day, hey, I did that. Like, that's fucking cool. And I've got a background, like I used to do a bit of obstacle racing back in the day. And I used to love that kind of stuff before I competed. And for me, I'm just so, I love to challenge myself so much to really push my limits. And so that's where competing came from too. Like, you know, how far can I push my body to achieve certain things? And I love that pressure and I love that feeling as well. So I guess I just drive to always kind of work towards something and I'm such a goal oriented person as well. If I have a date to work towards where I know I've got to perform by that day and that's the whole like, you know, performing under pressure. I love it. Like I crave it. So right now with nothing kind of to do, Oh, like it's, it messes with your head. <laughs> Everyone's like, what are you going to do next? I'm like, I don't know. Fucking put it on. Like I need to work towards something. It sucks. <laughs> so what is obstacle racing? You mentioned that. I have no <laughs> idea. 
<laughs> so I don't know. I went through this period of time where I was just getting bored with life. I'm like, I just want to kind of like do stuff. Like, you know, all those tough mutters and mm. Spartan sprint and that kind of thing. And honestly, that actually gave me so much confidence because you kind of like, as cliche as it is, like you kind of have to like throw yourself into a situation and get out of it. So like, you know, climbing rock faces, like abseiling down something, you know, jumping from sweet like ropes and that kind of shit. Like that was fun. Like, you know, obviously a few injuries happen from that because it's not the most safest of sports. Um, but funnily enough, that's actually how I got into competing. So my coach back then, he was like, would you ever do it? And I'm like, fuck no, as if I'd be doing that. Like we were just crawling through mud last week and, you know, as if I'm going to get on stage in like a glittery bikini and heels and like flop my body around. Anyway, long story short, I said to him okay cool we'll make a deal you can prep me and we'll shake hands if i do it you have to do it too so him and i did it together and that's how we ended up doing our first show and he was also competing with me at the same time <laughs> that's amazing so I mean, look, cool, you, could, yeah. you could pretty much drop yourself in victoria and you'd be ready to fight the government of covid19 you're, <laughs> you're ready for anything right now <laughs> that's it like tactical response <laughs> absolutely so what do you do for work by the way so I am an F45 coach, a studio manager as well. So I do online coaching on the side, but that's my, my day job and my, I guess, night job if you want to call it that too. Yeah. yeah. Is everything going back to normal over there? So you're doing classes in person or? Yeah. 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 So we are. So we were doing the whole online thing for ages, the whole Zoom workouts. Oh my God, they were horrible. I don't really bounce around do the cardio classes as such. I'm not really built that way anymore. So having to do that on Zoom with my clients was really embarrassing. Um, but no, we're back in the studio now. We can only have 20 people per class though. So yeah, we're running around the clock so you get as many in. So you can imagine like a studio with like 300 members, for example, 20 people per class. Like it's pretty hard. Yeah. That's challenging. Going back to competing, right? What, was your best or favorite competition memory best competition moment i gotta say definitely was arnold's placing fourth yeah so yeah, for that's anyone that's, everyone that's listening so ness was is the highest australian placing per the arnold classic period and that was fourth place last year yeah yeah, yeah. and i still got that photo where tony doherty actually said that and i had tears in my eyes holding my flowers and i'm like oh. <laughs> and it's just like that instant moment like i like i love looking at that photo because it just makes me proud because i think how the hell did that ha-? like not how the hell did that happen but that was such a historical moment for me and like i guess the sport too because no one, i know that um oh what's her name down in she's in perth uh, Manuela, I don't think she did quite well overseas i think she placed fourth in one of her comps overseas i think it was somewhere in new york but yeah, I believe she did as well. I can't, I can't yeah. recall what show it was. Yeah. Yeah, it was someone over, someone, one of the ones overseas, but no one's ever placed from the Australian team, like from the Arnold's so high as well. So that was probably definitely one of my proudest moments and probably my biggest achievements. Absolutely. Yeah. What was the goal going into that show? Did you think I'm going to get in a top call out or what was your expectations? Literally, I just kept saying to Gretchen, my coach, I just don't want to come last. Yeah. <laughs> literally like that was probably like uh, like to me going into that show was holy shit i'm actually going to be against some of the biggest and best names in the world who've played like for the girls in ifbb and i just don't want to come last <laughs> literally that's what i said to him I was like you're not going to come last i'm like no but i just don't want to come last i don't care what i place so i just had zero expectation at all i was just happy to be there like such a cool moment to get on stage as a pro as well like that's where i won my pro card so i won my pro card on the arnold stage the following you get to do it as a pro so that was pretty cool isn't that so interesting so you you pretty much went from an amateur at the, at the arnold really chill you know didn't play so well at the state show probably had the same approach for the pro show your pro debut was no it wasn't your pro debut was it uh, no, so I had done Japan. The Japan show, uh, right. Two and a half before that, yeah. Yeah, but it was, you know, your first time on Australian soil a year later and, again, relaxed and a really good result. So is that the key yeah. to the city for you? 
maybe it is. <laughs> maybe it is. I don't know. I feel like I just, I genuinely love the whole experience of competing as well. So when I'm backstage, I'm not the type of person who's just like nervous sitting, you know, just pumping up and whatever. I love talking to everyone. I love dancing around, having fun. Like I just, I love that moment backstage. So I feel like that really calms me down as well. So I don't know. It's just the whole experience is exciting for me. So I just love it so much. <laughs> what was your feedback from that show for the Arnold Classic Australia? Did you get it? Arnold? Yeah. I don't think I ever got it, to be honest with you. Yeah. You've used that just ecstatic with the outcome. You're like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, that's me done. I'm sweet. <laughs> no, I don't think I ever got it. Have you ever received feedback from another show that you did? Uh, yes. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, was it the Japan show was obviously just build a bit more muscle, which I was like, yes, sweet. Obviously, you can kind of manipulate that in a certain way, obviously, with like... Um, you know, getting leaner and stuff and obviously pumping up beforehand and that kind of thing too. But yeah, I mean, I didn't really obviously get a chance to gain that much muscle in two and a half months into the Arnold's. I definitely came in a lot leaner and crispier looking and like I was very like, that's probably the most, I guess, definition I've had ever at a show. Like I really felt like that was my best that I've ever looked. Um, I then went overseas to Toronto and Sacramento couple months after that they weren't my best shows I didn't do quite well over there um the first one was the Toronto show my feedback was literally just lean up a bit more mind you I just come up with playing 48 hours prior to that which was a bad idea right. and I didn't sleep at all I was so tired didn't really enjoy that show to be honest with you I didn't really feel like we were all kind of well, this is a bit controversial but I don't feel like we all kind of got a, chair, a real look in so when I came out say on stage the judges literally were like this on their phones like had their heads down and I was like oh cool hi I've just traveled across the world but I'd really like if you look at me <laughs> and the feedback was yeah just obviously like tighten up that kind of thing and we're composing or something like that too and then that was really it that I've kind of got feedback from yeah, yeah. You, need, you needed Steve at that show to remember you I know I my mate wasn't there <laughs> Yeah, that was a tough that was a tough time over there because I just did not sleep. I don't know if it was because I was stressed out or what it was, but I could not get used to the time zone. So lesson learned, I won't be flying that close to comp day and like actually get my chance to chill out and relax because there we go, I wasn't relaxed for that show. Yeah, that's a really good take home point. Yeah. So doing that same thing again, would you probably go like a week prior or how would you manage yeah. that? 100%, yeah, yeah, 100%, yeah. I was just, I remember I was so tired and I was holding a bit of fluid still, I think, from the plane. And I felt like I was just drained. I had no energy on the day. I was trying to keep my energy up. Backstage, they screwed up the call out. So we were supposed to go at a certain time, but then we got pushed back by two classes. And so we had to wait. So we all started pumping up. And they're like, oh no, hang on, sorry girls. Now we're gonna do the figure first and blah, blah, I'm like, fuck, all right, cool. Sat back down. So that's draining enough, getting ready and then having to redo it again. And like, you know, it's like you lose your pump. You kind of like, and I was on my own too. So that made it a little bit more difficult, but. Yeah, that was, that was tough. So I think if anyone were to travel, time it out better than what I did. That is my best advice. Um, look at your water intake as well. If you're not good with flying, make sure as well that you are moving around a lot too. I tried to sleep as much as possible, but that's Maybe. didn't help with my sleep yeah. pattern as well. So, okay. So yeah. in hindsight, what would you do differently? Like obviously you mentioned going a week earlier or so. Would you walk yeah. around the plane more, drink more water? Yeah. What was your water intake like? Um, I was water learning a fair bit around then too. Mm. but I definitely think I didn't walk around as much as well. 
in saying that too, my flights were pretty, met, like not, they were pretty bad. So I had to fly, I think I had two stopovers on the way over there as well. So there was a period of time where I didn't have as much food as what I should have. And I kind of had to make up for it when I got there. Then I remember when I got there, I think I flew in at about 10 o'clock at night and probably didn't fall asleep until four o'clock that next morning. So that was pretty rough on your body, especially when you're in peak week, like the last couple of days before a show. So stress, water, sleep, huge yeah. factors when it comes to that kind of thing. Even for a local show, like if you don't sleep and rest prior to your show, like your body's going to uh, like respond to that in like a negative way too. So a lot of girls forget about that. Yeah. And you, were you, would you say that you would have been flat from that flight as well? 100%. 100%. Okay. Yeah. That's really interesting. What was your what was your salt intake like during that week? Was it did you keep it consistent? Did you put it up? Did you put it down? What you sure? We put it up. I'm trying to think what we did back then. We put it up. So in the lead up, it goes a little bit higher, but then we slowly bring it back down as well. So closer to the day. So other way around. So we start to increase it slowly, and then of course closer to the day, just bring it back down a little bit, but it was still quite high as well. I cramp a lot. I do cramp a lot, so I need to kind of be on top of that as well interesting and i think um a lot of competitors probably underestimate and don't have enough salt so it's good to hear that a pro such as yourself you know is obviously having healthy amounts of salt in your diet absolutely yeah of course yeah how you know you mentioned obviously competing um you know sacramento or internationally right how difficult is it to mentally prepare for an international show versus let's say competing um at at an arnold which is a bit more local in australia it's hard because you've got to take into the fact of like you're not don't have like your natural surroundings around you. So food was always a challenge as well. Um, I remember when I went over to Japan, they were awesome over there. Like they had a meal prep service. So we could pre-order what we wanted prior to get in there. And on the two days prior to it, you go and pick up every day your food for the day or whatever you kind of organize. That was awesome because that was set and done for you. It was one part of the whole process you didn't have to think about. Whereas when I went over to America, I had to find like Airbnbs or somewhere where I could make my food, source out where to find the food, bring it back, cook it myself. And I mean, look, I'm used to Australian food. Quality of food over America is very different to what we have here. Um, that I think fucked with my head a bit too. Cause I was like, oh shit, like this isn't cooking the same way that I'm used to. Even like the potatoes, for example, like I was having a sweet potato over there and there was so like we are, oh, I can't even explain it. They're just, it's different. You know, we are very blessed here in Australia with the produce that we have, like the meat and produce, whereas overseas it's very different. So you got to think about like, you know, going to also like foreign, more foreign countries, like the Asian countries too, they don't have the same kind of stuff that we have here. So that was quite challenging in terms of like organizing food. If it wasn't already prepared for us, some of the events they do have them um, as well as that, obviously the flying type of, um, side of things getting around if you're not staying close to the venue or where you have to go that you've got to kind of like i guess logistically work that out as well um yeah i mean and then i guess like meeting people is different i've met a few like a lot of people through my travels as well and it's kind of been fun every comp that i've done i've seen one or two of them there too so it's good to have a few familiar faces but just be open to making friends. Not everyone's nasty backstage. <laughs> and I get asked that a lot. Like, what are girls like backstage? And, you know, they're a bitch and that kind of thing. But you'd be surprised. Everyone's really lovely. And I've always been really quite welcomely, uh, sorry, warmly welcomed. Um, so I guess, like, having friends over there too always helps and just someone to kind of be with, especially if you're traveling on your own. Yeah. Going back to yeah. that backstage moment, I think as well, probably people think, oh, this, this person must be bitchy. It's like, no, like, maybe she's just quiet and to herself because she's in the zone. You know? Exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Like one of my girlfriends, um, I know that she likes to put her headphones in. So I'll chat with her and she's like, okay, cool. I'm just going to go. I'm like, yeah, no worries. Go do your thing. And like, she'll go sit on her own. It's like, well, that's just what she's doing. So yeah. When are you competing next? So if all goes, all goes according to plan, COVID I don't know, just happens to 
I don't sort itself out. <laughs> what, what, what show would you like to do? What's number one on the list? Well, next in line would be Arnold's. If it goes ahead. I don't know. Yeah. Ever thought about doing Columbus? I'd love to. So they changed the rules. They actually changed the rules. So um, originally it was if you placed top five, you could apply for it and you could put through the whole application process and everything. This year it was if I think it was either top three or something. So I just missed out. (laughs) So if I could, that's what I said to my fiance. I'm like, if I can get into the Columbus show, fuck yeah, I'll go hundred percent. That would be mad. It'd be such an amazing experience. Can you believe that? Yeah, because I I think Arnold does like international competitors, so that would have been cool to have an Australian up there. So cool, yeah. Who would have done that? I would say that, like, obviously Josh, he's done it, um, Lee Priest, and that's probably about it. Viet went over? I Viet did it as well, the Arnold. He did, yeah, he went over. um, I think that's it, yeah, you're right. No, Viet, was it last year that he did that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, I mean, that's that's a very short list of competitors. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, I'd love to. Oh gosh, yeah. But um, it's just if Arnold's is even on. I mean, I, did you see on the pro league page yesterday that they were saying um, all the competitors who are competing at the Olympia um, to contact them because they found a way or something for them to be able to get into the country and compete. Oh really? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. They put out a thing about it, and I thought, well, that's interesting because I've been skeptical on whether or not Arnold's will go ahead because what the main attraction there is like international people and brands and stuff coming over. So. Will Arnold's go ahead? I mean, will they have the funds and support to be able to run the show? So yeah. it makes me wonder, because I saw that last night. I thought, that's interesting. I wonder what they're doing or if there's a way. But The Olympia would be challenging as well, because, I mean, like, Tony's got an uphill battle for next year with, yeah, like you said, exhibitor sponsors, yeah. et cetera, athletes that come in because of the restrictions. But the Olympia's the same thing. Like, people forget the Olympia's an expo, and that's how they generate a lot of their revenue. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, I mean, in America, they're still doing their shows every week. Are they, because you know what, they, they don't even have social distancing. It's like suggested but not required, I think. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of the girls are wearing their masks on stage. So they've got the masks that match their bikinis. Like they're all like yeah. the tassel. I've seen, I've seen, look, I've seen that. And look, I just, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. They shouldn't. It's like, why have you got a mask on stage? Like it, it, it to me, it takes away a lot of the character and personality. And makeup to yep. me is very important when you see someone that's got the whole package on stage. And if you can't smile, yep. like where's your personality? Like you can see a little bit through the eyes, but. Yeah, you're a bit. I think I have to do it smile by accident, even though you can't see it. Like, <laughs> yeah, you'd yeah you'd smile through their eyes a little bit. But would you compete if you had to with uh, with a mask on? Yeah, you'd make it yeah, happen. Yeah, I think I would. I think leading, I'd make it happen. Leading if by example. Would, yeah. Well, I mean, look, if I could get out of the country, get in the country safely, and not have to quarantine in a perfect world for two weeks or whatever it is. I mean, I don't know about you guys. Is it three thousand dollars for in Victoria if you have to come back and quarantine at a hotel? I think someone said to me five, but don't quote me on that. Okay. Maybe because Victoria is more hardened with the numbers, I suppose. But I know in, in New South Wales, like, nah, if you go and come back, you've got to stay in a hotel. You've got to pay the cost to do it. Well, I can't be bothered wasting three grand just to quarantine in a hotel on my own. Like, I don't want to do that. So in a perfect world, I'd do it with a mask on. But <laughs> if I can get in and out, all right, and don't have to quarantine. Yeah. yeah. That's, um, that's interesting. I think, um, you know, where do you see, you know, this COVID thing just quickly anyway, like ending? Do you have like a gut instinct or a feeling about, mm, this is when, this is the day, this is the month, we're good to go? Well, I mean, put it this way. I thought, because they said that, you know, um, the disease or whatever it's called, it doesn't survive over 24 degrees. But then I call bullshit on that because I think of like, you know, India and Brazil have had this exuberant amount of like the high numbers and everything. I, in Australia, I don't know, like... 
if Victoria didn't have that explosion of like you know high cases I feel like Australia maybe might be able to see the end of it by Christmas but yeah I want to be hopeful but I don't think so I don't think anything's gonna let up anytime soon Mm, I Mm. I, I agree because I mean we also were kind of like at least like me and Victoria right I was like praising the New Zealanders oh look at them faithful lockdown they wiped it out next minute right now they've got they've got a flurry of cases again and absolutely absolutely so it's probably going to be a recurring thing that something that you know just like any other disease you have to live with it there's no okay they might have a vaccine for it eventually that's what they're obviously going for but that doesn't mean necessarily that the disease is just going to disappear will you have the vaccine when they bring it out definitely not yeah, not the same. I don't want to put that shit in my body. Like, I haven't tested it for long enough to see what's going to happen. Like, what's next? Oh, I'm five years. Sorry, guys, your limbs are all going to fall off because we didn't test it properly and it was just a quick fix. Like, and I'm too right. skeptical. Yeah, I think um, so. They skipped animal testing. Um, that's the first yeah. red flag, and yeah. just straight to human clinical trials. And then to to do trials so quickly, I'm not a fan of that. And then no. it's like, and then who's getting who's getting these results and and what are the sort of what's the credibility of the trials it's a there's a lot of variables to consider and then just the fact that there's going to be a liability exemption of liability from the government so government's going to get the green light i should say the pharmaceutical company is going to get a green light we Mm. get it mandated through the government we can't sue okay that sounds like a great time i know yeah thanks guys thanks for fucking our lives Yeah, no, I'm so I'm so nervous about it. I've few of my clients that work with like the doctors and everything, and I ask them, I'm like, "What's your thoughts on it?" And they're just like, "Yeah, no comment." Right. <laughs> I'm like, "Cool." So if the doctors don't even have the confidence in it, like, oh, I don't want to put that crap in my body. Like, who knows what the repercussions going to be in like five, ten years? Yeah, I'm I'm gonna let everyone that that wants to. I think you should. Like, I'm pro-choice, right? Having yeah. the ability to choose what you like to do, right? And for me, I would like the first wave of people to they can opt in for that, and I can just. <laughs> That's it. Absolutely. You guys try it. Let us know how you go. And then we'll think about it later. <laughs> exactly. I mean, cool. it's going to be a large operation anyway, because how would you really you know, facilitate so many injections and then who's Absolutely. responsible for doing that? And then how, I don't know, like, but I'm pretty confident that they are going to put on some restrictions if it does go forward, if it's mandated saying, okay, yeah. you can't travel domestically or you can't travel internationally, that, that type of they'll thing. They'll try and control it, absolutely. And they'll have to say, like, you know, show us that you've had your vaccine before you come into my country or something like that, for sure. If, if there's any dodgy doctors listening, can you please send me a DM? <laughs> yeah, I mean, me too. Um. <laughs> I do I do want to travel uh, in the next 10 years. Yeah, yeah, I also want to compete, so uh, my number is... <laughs> We're going to be like asylum seekers, like on a boat, just to cross, to cross the Pacific Ocean. It's like we're coming. Me and my mask will be down to like my bikini. <laughs> that's the only way that's gonna happen. That's so funny. Oh, how funny. <laughs> um, I wanted to get back into competing for a second. So, oh, yeah, back, back to that. True? Oh, this is what we're talking about, right? <laughs> so, what do you think is the difference between a good amateur athlete and a pro worthy amateur athlete? Okay, good question. I think also, I think it also comes down to put it this way i think also your the way that a person perceives bodybuilding and what it means to them will also determine a good amateur to be a pro so by that is what i mean is you're doing it for the right reasons so for me i've often been asked why don't i go do wbff or something like that it's like yeah i could but my vision and what i believe bodybuilding is is ifbb 
I'm old school bodybuilding. I love the fact that it's about your body, not overall glitz and glamour and social media. I kind of nothing against WBFF competitors or the Federation at all. Some of my best girlfriends are WBFF pros and everything like that. But like, I think it comes down to the reasons why you're doing it. So for me, I want to personally be able to build my body and push it to its limits because I love the sport. I appreciate the sport. I don't care how muscly some chick looks, you know, to some people it might not be their cup of tea. I think it's fucking awesome that someone can do that to themselves. So if you've got an amateur who's like, I just want to do this for social media. I just want to do this to be popular kind of thing. Wrong attitude, bad decision to do it. You need to be in the sport for a reason and be in it to actually want to progress and find value in what bodybuilding is. And if you don't have those core values to do it for the right reasons, that's a shit amateur. Right. Mm. Going back to goal setting, because you mentioned before, like you set these like micro goals in your head. How important yep. do you think is goal setting for these amateurs that are coming up if they want to do well? Yeah, 100%. I mean, look, everyone's got to start from somewhere. You can't just be thrown to a prep from day one and expect they're going to win straight away. Some girls do, some guys do as well. Um, and that's great. But especially for someone starting out, if, you're, if you've got unrealistic goals, like you expect to win straight away or you expect to be able to get on stage if you're really not ready and your coach tells you you're not ready, it's not worth it. So having smaller goals in that respect to kind of work towards you know, your ideal body or the way that you want to look and to meet the criteria, I think it's really important. So, you know, setting those dates out and working in advance, like well in advance too, not too shorter term, I think is really important too. Yeah. What are some of your goals moving forward? Because I know like, let's say we can't compete anytime soon. Yeah. You know, are you trying to bring up a certain weak body part or what are you working on right now? So I did have a bit of a challenging prep in leading into the ghost Arnold's recently. Um, so my, I actually threw out my lower back quite badly. I had two pulled ligaments. So the near my S1 and L5 joints are right down the bottom near my pelvis and it was crammed in, pulled in two different opposite directions. So that caused me absolute havoc. That also caused a lot of issues with my glutes. So I couldn't train lower body as hard or in the ways that I was used to. So I had to get quite creative, to be honest with you. So for me, I'm, I have been working on, of course, like working on my lower body and bringing out my glutes as well. Hamstrings as well have suffered because of that. Um, they were never really an issue before, but I have noticed now in comparison photos and that kind of thing. And now since trying to build upon that as well, that my hamstrings have been a bit of a weaker point too. Okay. So I wanted to um, go back to you. Uh, This is something I just thought of as well. Um, If the, let's say for example, you weren't competing in the season B show and it was going forward, the Australian pro show. Who do you think would be in the top three? Like what's what's your one, two and three, if you're not competing. If I'm not competing. Yeah. I'm going to say, because me first. <laughs> oh, okay. Gonna, so, yeah. I, <laughs> that's why I said it without you, because I, I know that you're going to put yourself in there. <laughs> um, honestly, I reckon Nicole Tam, give everyone a run for their money. Yeah. I think she has changed the most and in such a good way and slowly as well. Like she hasn't kind of just blown out. I think her body shape has really progressed a lot. Um, I follow her quite a lot on um, Instagram. I think that she has really brought up her weaker points being a small girl as well i think also i've got a lot of respect for her in that that too because it would be hard for her to hold on to muscle and you're her coach me you understand you've been working there for a while so i think that she will do some damage um alexandra yeah she's she's looking good i really really liked i, I like that she got her pro card i really think that she deserved it at her show um so oh i don't know who the top three would be though Oh, you can make else? it a top five. You can throw in a couple other people if you want. But. <laughs> uh, Sinead, for sure. Sinead looks awesome. 
Sinead's definitely had a lot of work to be done and she's really progressed a lot and changed her body shape a lot. She's definitely a front runner there. Oh, Sinead. Do you want me to help you with some names or no? Actually, I shouldn't do that. I shouldn't influence it. No, 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 no. Julia always looks amazing. Yep. She always pulls it in quite well. She's a hard, hard worker. So who's that? So I've got Nicole, Alexandra, Shanae, Julia. Oh, if I were to pick five, I've got two in my head, but I don't know who I'm going to throw in there. <laughs> well, who do you reckon? It doesn't matter what I think. I can tell you what I think after you, after your selection. Mm-hmm. I'm and I'm I'm going to be biased because I've got girls in the in the show. So. Yeah, yeah. Bloody half the pro girls are your clients now. Um, I just say Kara Saunders as well. Mm. Yeah. Kara's I think she's dangerous. made a lot. Yeah, yeah she's pretty it, dangerous. It's it's interesting because I I look at um Kara and your physique and you're actually quite similar. Mm. That, that's yeah? the way I think. Yeah, because she's got yeah. this really small small waist, really broad shoulders. Yep. You know, that's what I mean. So the structure, that really crazy width that you've got, and she's got that yeah. as well. Um, yeah, probably yeah. needs a little bit more size and development in the right areas. But yeah, she's very yeah. similar. That's what I thought when I was like, as she was developing for the arm, I was like, you kind of look like like an like Ness. And she's like, is that a good thing? I'm like, yes, it's a very fucking good thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, a very no, good like, thing. I look back at her old photos as well for when she was competing for she had her baby. And like, she's changed a lot. She looks amazing. She's really changed a lot. So I'd really love to see her do well as well, because I feel like she's been able to cut through my dog's crying in the background. Um, yeah. I'd really like to see her get up on stage and actually really smash it because I feel like she's had to put in so much work to get there as well and change her body completely. So she almost had to start from square one again. in such a short time. Yeah. So yeah. So I, I will, Oh, 100%. I think she's done really well. Also, what the way I'll do it is I won't mention in my girls and I'll give my, give you my top three. That's not my girls, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I would, so you're, so you're obviously in there. Um, I'd have Melissa Carver. Oh, I forgot and, about Melissa. Yes. She's looking sick. Oh my God. Her body. All right. So you got to kick someone out. Who are you kicking out for Melissa? <laughs> <laughs> oh no. It's like Survivor voting someone off the island. Um, oh, okay. I'll kick out. Yeah. Oh, Oh, I'm gonna say Alexandra only because she hasn't done her hasn't had a pro yet. Yeah, that, that's fair. Yeah. She's, um, she's, that, that's she's good. <laughs> 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 no, I love you. <laughs> no, but Mel Carver, she looks sick. She looks amazing. Yeah, it's um, it was a, few, a few people forgot about her just because she hasn't competed in. Yeah. I think when was the last time? Maybe. She competed yeah. um, the year I got my pro card. So it would have been two years before that. Yeah, 2018. 18 pro show. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. she was the highest Australian pro in that yep. show, I believe, yeah, yeah. seventh or something like that. Was it- yeah. Because Shana, I think, was a little bit after that. Yeah. I remember, yeah. And then, yeah, there was, there was a couple others. But, yeah, no, I, Mel was that one. So I'd say you and Mel and then uh, what I put in there. Ooh. It's hard. <laughs> I would, I, you know what? I would put Renee. Oh yeah, Renee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I was thinking, you know, Shanae, Renee. Uh, I'll go Renee because of her posing. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, and then yeah, Renee, Renee, and then my logic on that is because I actually really like Shanae's physique, but my logic is Renee beat her the Arnold last year, yep. and Renee wasn't in proper condition. Condition, but she, but Renee, and then back then Renee didn't pose as well. Now she poses a lot better. So okay, she'll be yeah, in shape yeah. at the next show and it'll be pretty hard to beat when you can pose that well. Cause that's the issue. Like yeah. some of these girls can't pose as well mm-hmm. as someone like Renee. Um, yeah. And once you learn how to pose, it's game over. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Really it's capturing attention. As well. 
for sure, hundred percent. And Renee, Renee knows that she can be a game changer in that respect too. So, yeah, okay, that's good. I like that. Yeah, what about Mel? Because you're right, she hasn't competed in about two years, and then she was about to kind of have a little comeback. And she's changed a lot too. She looks amazing. Yeah, she's brought up a few weak body parts because I think um, what the main because I used to it's this sounds so funny. It was like what what are you talking about talking about Mel for? It's uh, <laughs> her her carbs. I was like really used to bother me. I was like, what? Where's your carbs at? But now they're like boom. They got like that nice butterfly shape. And I'm like, I put shit carbs, bro. I do not. I was not blessed with carbs. I really have, was not. Have you have you seen my carbs? My carbs are terrible. <laughs> I'm glad we can relate. On that yeah, nobody's seen them because I don't show them for a reason. You know. <laughs> yeah, carbs are hard to build though. I well, in my opinion, <laughs> my savage small carbs, but. Yeah. Okay. So her carbs was it? It's not her name. Carva carbs. A syrup like similar. Carva. Maybe <laughs> Carva. Carva gets carved. I don't know. But okay. um. Yeah. No. I think. Yeah. That would be the yeah the non my girls top three for sure. I'd, I'd okay. lock that in. I'm pretty happy. Yep. So I'd I'd say it'd be between you and Mel. Okay. Because Mel's quite right. dangerous. It's all depending on because it's been so long since both of you have competed. So it's, it's I'd need to see a comparison. Well, this is the thing. I feel like everyone's now got a chance to kind of not so much relax, but really work on what we need to and, you know, rest up and kind of still obviously push ourselves. Like I'm not complete. Like, admittedly, I'm having a little break at the moment just to kind of, of course, focus on my back and get that fixed up and focus on my weaker points. But in this time, anything can happen as well when we're all back next back on stage. So it's going to be very interesting to see when we all decide or get to compete again against each other, who's changed the most and who's really been working hard in this time off. and. Yeah, it'll be it'll be very interesting. That's why I was really excited to see the October show to see us all on stage like together yeah. and having that break from the Arnolds and who really got hungry after that, you know, and like obviously pushed themselves in isolation. I thought, well, this is going to be very interesting to see how much people were dedicated in that time. So it's a shame that it didn't get to go ahead. Yeah, definitely. So you know, out of the let's say all the pros, who do you think has the most potential to do really well in the next couple of years that maybe may not be like really well developed, but structurally you're like. Oh, hold on a second. You're actually really good, but you're not there yet. That's a hard one. To, yeah, it's like it's like who who's who's dangerous but not dangerous. <laughs> who yeah, will be who will yeah. be dangerous in the future? Who do you think? Because like I know that Claire. you're like Claire. Claire, hundred percent Claire. Yeah. She's young. She's in great form now, and she still has room to move and grow. Yeah, I agree with that. I think she's got a lot yeah. of potential structurally. Really good to look at. Um, just needs yeah. to grow into her frame, and then it's game Absolutely. on. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. She's a very beautiful girl. She moves quite well. She's very confident. She can get to a very beautiful lean and dice point as well. It's just, yeah, you're right. She's grown to her frame a little bit more, but she's young. She's got plenty of time to do it too. I reckon she'd be very dangerous. Yeah, that's honestly, that's a perfect answer. I actually 100% agree with you. I'd say she's probably the most dangerous out of someone that's coming up yep. right now yep. that has, hasn't grown yet. Because the other girls have probably got a bit more size. They're almost there to compete, you know, with someone like you. Yep. But yeah, she's good. once she gets the size, she's gonna be really, yeah. really, really dangerous. I remember her first IFBB show, and I was backstage doing the medals, and I was sitting there. No, she was with actually. Shanae was on stage at the same time as her as well. I remember sitting there thinking, "God, she's good. She's gonna do well." I remember thinking that to myself, and she did really well in that state show. I can't remember if she did the Arnolds after that, or if she. Oh, I couldn't tell you, but. I remember like she's always stuck out to me and the, that's right. Sorry. She moved down to Queen, to Victoria. So that way she wasn't doing the New South Wales show. So I kind of missed out on her other shows after that. But yeah, I remember from day one, I'm like, that girl's going to do some damage and sure enough, she got a pro card and yeah. So I reckon she, for the future as well, everyone needs to watch out for her. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I remember the same thing. Like when I first saw her compete in real life, I looked at her and I think she didn't do well. Like for whatever reason, 
I think she yeah. was probably hard done by with the judging a little yeah. bit. And I won't go into too much because everyone's like, oh, why are you going to the judging again? But I felt like she should have definitely placed a lot higher in a lot of amateur competitions. I mean, there was one time that she, I thought she clearly won a show and she wasn't even in the top three. And I was just like, oh, okay, really? yeah. There was like a lot of those moments for her. So when she yeah. did go get that pro card in Japan, like I think that was a cool thing, you know? Yeah. Um, no, I agree. Absolutely. Yeah, no, she's definitely going to do some damage in the future for sure. Yeah. Who do you think out of the amateurs, do you have anyone in mind that you think could do really well without seeing anyone obviously compete too much this I'm, year? I'm, like, I'm biased. I'm biased though. I have to be like, okay. you know, I try not to be, but I am. Um, yeah. Cause like if, if you're not, you're not like a proper human being, if you're not biased towards your girls, but I mean, there's a few amateurs like Shell's a freak, Rochelle. Have you seen oh, her? Oh yes. Yeah. yeah, I have. Yeah. Like, yeah. I remember um, when I used to get photos, like video check-ins from her photos, et cetera. I was like, oh, wow, she's impressive, right? The first time I seen her in real life, my eyeballs popped out of my head. Just like, it's, I couldn't believe it. And look, obviously, you know, you're used to people all the time. Like you see bikini yeah. girls. I knew she was good, but I didn't know how good she was. And yeah. photos don't do her justice. It's very hard to explain. Because um, there's two things that you probably see in person is like, like a, the, like a t- certain 3D look to the muscle. It's a different, everything just pops more when you're moving. Yeah, and with her, her just her tie-ins. I remember when she did a transition to the rear, and just her, her how her back tied into her really small. Her waist from the rear, her lower back is smaller than it is from the front, which is very okay. weird and freaky looking. And mm. when she's transitioning, it's just highlighted, and she still needs to grow her delts, still needs to grow her back. Like she knows that, but just that structure—it's unbelievable to look at. So she's probably by far i can't say by far but that's the first thing that comes to mind she's super super dangerous she's gonna do really well as a pro um yeah. if if she yeah. decides to keep competing which she the intention is to, to get a pro card next year mm-hmm. i mean she's super 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 dangerous um one, another one of my girls taylor same thing she's gonna yeah. do season b i honestly th- thought i'm biased of course i think that she was probably going to get the pro card this year yeah she's changed a lot since um was it probably about this time last year? Was it the last time? Yeah, the she did the mid-year pro and yeah. she won the open tall, but lost yeah. in the yeah. yeah in the last yeah I remember yeah I, yeah. I did I didn't agree with that. <laughs> I know I know I was just like oh yeah I remember this yeah I follow her as well like I like her I really like her shape she's got um she has yeah she can be very like you said three dimensional as well because she's got that frame and she's really got the shapes were still. And I think that's actually a pretty good point to kind of highlight as well. Like for the amateur girls too, like work with your frame, like some girls may be a bit more smaller. However, it's the way in which you carry yourself and pose too, which can make you change completely. And that's what I had to learn about my body as well. I'm very small framed in general, but I know my angles and I can angle myself in a way to make myself or certain positions to make myself a little bit bigger than what I need to be or can be, you know? So yeah, I like, I like her shape. I really like the way that she looks. Yeah. In another one, so New South Wales, I really like Christina. I say that on the podcast, but I reckon Christina probably gets the most love of all time. Because <laughs> I, I try not to be biased. I'm like, who, who do I like that's not a, mine, like one of mine, right? And I'm like, yeah, Christina. Yeah. So like, mm. I think um, she's really impressive. Like, nice development, good, a yeah. good structure. Poses Absolutely. pretty well, as, I think, overall. She does, um, yeah. I felt like um, she could have placed higher um, at the Arnold's this year. But in saying that, though, I loved her look at the Nationals end of last year. Yeah. See, that was my favourite Christina look. Yeah, because I... I as well. Right. I, I was lucky enough to go to the Arnold, even though they had social distancing rules. And yeah. when Christina walked out, I was like, it's good, but it's not that Christina I saw it at Nationals. Because yeah. 
Coursera yeah, yeah, yeah. at nationals, I was like, it was a coin flip between her for a pro card, really. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I felt like that was her best look. And then yeah. at Nash, at uh, sorry, the Arnold this year, probably a little bit fuller. Um, definitely grew. Yeah. Definitely put on some muscle, but I think it wasn't that condition that she needed to to obviously win her category and then obviously win win the overall. But yeah. I think um, she's so very beautiful as well, and the way that she carries, I really like the way she carries herself. Like she's got that sexiness when she walks and poses and that kind of thing, and that really like compliments her as a as a as a whole. So I really felt like last year she was going. Like, I was Mary sitting in the crowd going, "Christina, please, like come on, get pick her, pick her." But no, but yeah, no, I think she's also going to be a front runner pretty soon if she sticks to it and just really knuckles down. I reckon she's really going to take it out one day. Yeah, because I, mean, I saw the um, New South Wales show and uh, from last year and Christina played second, right? She yep. didn't win that. And no. I remember I saw, like, I just saw, like, it was a really crappy video and I was like, ooh, structurally, who's that? And then I felt like she changed so much, probably fuller, and then fuller got yep. tighter to, yep. to nationals. And when she walked out nationals, I thought it was game over. Yeah. But you know how someone walks out and, like, to be fair, you need to get compared to the other competitors, right? Course, but yeah. when someone's that amazing, they walk out, I was like, oh, shit. And I think I think I saw you then. I was blabbering on about how yeah. good she was as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Was- yeah, no, she's a stunning girl. And she's such a beautiful person as well. Like, I talked to her a fair bit. And I like that she has – she's got a good attitude. I like that about her as well. Like, she really is in this for the right reasons too. And, like, I know how badly she wants to win. I know she just wants it. So she's a hard worker. And, um, I mean, obviously, you can't be judged on your personality, <laughs> but I'd love to see someone like her who I know has tried so hard and actually puts 110% in all the time to really just be benefited from it. Like, she, she needs to be rewarded, basically. So, yeah, I'd like to see her do well. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's interesting because there's, there's a lot of competitors that are coming up because it's like, for example, like Taylor, you know, could have won, won last year. She probably would, I believe she would have won season B. I don't see anyone beating her in season B with respect to anyone else that was competing. And like, I get, I get photos and I see, I, I, this is the way that I was thinking, right? I'm like, Taylor's going to win the, the pro card and then she's going to get top five at the pro show. Yep. That's how that's in my mind. That's how good she's looking. Cause like yeah, wow. this is, and this is funny. Um, what I do, this can sound crazy. Everyone I actually compare everyone to you. I'm like, how does Ness look? And how does like Taylor look? And I'm like, because you don't really have, this is something that um, I want to emphasize. You don't really have, weak body parts like you just flow really nicely yeah. Yeah. and that's where people probably don't understand things and it took me a long time to understand bikini because i'm like yeah. oh for example like when i prep renee like oh renee's got the biggest glutes she should be killing it but it's like it's not just a glute show it's not yeah, just yeah. posing yeah. it's it's the rest of your physique how it flows yeah. and i'm like so you're to me you're the standard because at the end of the day you're the highest placing australian pro right now right yeah. so you've got to give credit to so i'm like what has ness got that i can look at taylor and i'm looking and i'm like yep taylor needs this da, 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 da. And I base everything around that because it's, it's a logical thing to do. Right. So Absolutely. I thought she, she had a lot of potential um, in the pro show. But my thing was like, she's going to win that and get top five in the pro show. And then everyone's going to be like, what the fuck? Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, because um, crazy, a lot of though. people underestimate with bikini as well. It's not just about, yeah, as I said, not just about glutes. And everyone's like, Oh, well, Nessa doesn't have the biggest glutes. No, I don't. But they tie in well with my body shape and size. So I think a lot of people forget that. Like you look at a lot of the American posts too. I've been following this girl. Um, she's Jazzy Fit on Instagram. She's got a sick body. Like she's stunning. Mm. And I kind of, I've been looking at her for a little while trying to figure her out as well, but she's got a very narrow upper body, but you're right. It just flows so perfectly with the rest of her body. She's a very small girl, but the way she carries her muscle well is obviously the reason why she's doing so well too. And a lot of smaller girls I've noticed have been getting the top five. At the, uh, like at international shows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've noticed a lot of smaller looking kind of girls. But, I mean, 
I don't know if that's, I haven't really seen like the whole lineups and everything like that too, but it's very interesting to see. Like I like to see what the standards are and kind of like, you know, if it, the trends kind of change that kind of thing, like kind of going back to Justine Munro at the beginning, she was a very muscular look back in the day. And that's kind of where, in my opinion, Bikini was kind of looking like, like with Ashley Kay as well, but it's kind of, in a way, kind of become a bit more feminine looking, not to, you know, have any disrespect to anyone, but right. I don't know. The looks changed a lot. I really feel like the looks changed a lot over the time. I think that the, the if, this is going to sound so funny. This is something I was like thinking about for a while, right? And everyone, yeah. not a lot of people are going to like this, but I sincerely feel like they should make bodybuilding, specifically bikini. If you've got any fucked up side effects, you're out. Like that means if your 100%. voice is fucked, you shouldn't be able to compete. I agree 100% because it sends the wrong message. Like yeah. that's, that's, and I'll tell you what, that is also why, and this is nothing as IFBB, but I was nervous because I thought, oh, do they all take steroids, stuff like that? Is that what you're supposed to do? No, it's not. Like, I'm a natural athlete. I don't touch shit at all. I really don't. And you don't need to be on shit. Nothing against anyone who wants to take anything. Again, like you were saying before, pro-choice, I don't care at all. I know girls who have. I know girls who don't. It's completely up to you. I personally don't, but it's you're right. Anyone who's got acne over their back, you can see, like, their jaw is as wide as their fucking shoulders. Like, that's yeah. gross. Not feminine. Yeah. That's not what it should be. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Like, I, I, like, it's like, you know, my mind is going, yeah, vis- I've got visuals of who, but I'm not going to name names, but it's like, I'm, I'm, compl- <laughs> I'm completely, completely with that. And it's important because I want to emphasize the fact that you said natural, right? It's like so many ladies will ask me and I still get the same thing over and over again. I feel like I need to repeat myself on a consistent. There are some girls that do use and there's some that don't. It's so interesting that you're saying that, Hey, listen, gals, like I haven't touched shit. And mm. what did I just say? Australia's best pro right now. Yeah. I mean, yeah. doesn't that go to show you and just sort of lay out and go, hey, you don't need shit? Like, it's just obviously going to take you longer. It's a time thing. It's a consistency. Yeah. And I yeah. really try to drill that to these young girls because some of them will... It, it's funny because sometimes I'll have a girl that uses, right? And then a girl that yeah. doesn't. And, yeah. and then more often than not, the girl that doesn't generally does better because of their, yeah. their commitment, their mindset, how they train, just their commitment level is, sure. another, is completely yeah. different. And then... And I the- had that in my head as well. Being a pro, I'm like, okay, well, in, you know, in respect to other people, yeah, sure, there's girls that do and don't, obviously overseas as well. And I know I have to work that little bit harder. I know I have to work that little bit harder to hold my muscle. I need to eat my food. I have to have my high calories. If I'm going to lean down, I've got to work damn hard as well. I can't skip my, you know, my days. My meals need to be on point. There's no fucking around. And I... I if anything, I love that I need to work harder because it makes me push more and more and more. That's the reason why I love what I do. So I don't, I hate to feel, I hate that um, a lot of younger girls who are coming to sport now feel that pressure. And that's really shit because it shouldn't be about that. And that's not how you kind of, you don't need to use to kind of get ahead and to kind of do well. Like I'm a walking example. I, I don't take shit and I've done really quite well. And my success is proven by that. So I really hope that again girls do it for the right reason they're looking after their bodies and i and i'll say this right now as well i know plenty of girls who are reproductively fucked up because they've abused in the wrong way being told by the coaches the wrong way how you use stuff and their hormones can't have kids all screwed up you know and that's not what you want long term as well especially if you want to have kids later on like it's not cool yeah i'm completely with you on that and um sometimes i get like because i'm very transparent about you know, talking about drugs and stuff. I'll have ladies who'll say me things, Troy, what do you think she's on? And then I'll be like, oh, I think she's on this, 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 this. Yeah. But also these are the bad things, <laughs> you know? It's uh-huh. like, it's like yeah. she's doing, like I can see certain people that will use something that's a bit too aggressive and I will tell them, hey, yeah. listen, that's way too aggressive. But yeah, they yeah. don't understand until it's over with, you know? Yeah. 
And then yeah, absolutely. next thing you know, they're, um, they're not going anywhere. I actually did a really cool episode that I released last night um, on fertility. You've got to listen to that. I, saw that. I, haven't, I want to listen to it. Yeah, I'm actually really interested in listening to that. Yeah. It was, it was really good. And I, I want to go actually back to, you know how we're talking about glutes, right? Like saying like yeah. you don't have the biggest glutes, but you've got a really good overall flow structure, etc. Going to the Olympia, Issa Pacini doesn't have the biggest glutes. You know? Exactly. Absolutely. Lot, she's a very uh, small framed chick. And I've seen her in real life. She's tiny. Like mm. she is tiny. Yeah. And then I would yeah. say, so the top five for everyone that's listening, you got Issa was first last year. Then you had um, Janet in second. Janet had bigger, slightly bigger glutes than Issa. Third was Angelica. Got bigger glutes than both of them. Uh, fourth was Laura Lee, probably the biggest out of all yeah. four. And yeah. then Jen Dory, who's yeah. very similar size glutes to Laura Lee. So those two probably had the biggest yeah. glutes in the lineup and they're fourth and fifth. So yeah. it just goes to show you, it's not a glute show. It's about the whole package. It's conditioning, proportion, how you carry yourself on stage. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of things that go into bikini. Absolutely. And like on that note as well, is, is that's where I'm kind of getting that with like small girls and seeing a lot more of a smaller frame girls being in the top five recently. Are they now comparing themselves or are the judges comparing to Isa now as opposed to Angelica, who's got a bigger frame and a lot more muscle? Is that where things are steering to? You know, is she now what is everyone comparing to? You know what I mean? Like Ashley Kay as well. I don't know if you've seen, but she's got like a now 21st pro win, which is insane. And she's got a lot of hard, dense muscle too. So it's kind of like where, what would you, so I guess my question to you, Troy, what would you on that level, that scale of pro bikini athletes, who would you kind of steer your, I guess, comparisons to? Someone who's like Issa, who's more slender and leaner and smaller framed, or someone like say Ashley Kay, who's, got this historical, you know, winning streak and like Angelica, for example, who are quite more dense in muscle. So in terms of, let's say, if I'm going to say, Hey girls, you need to look like this. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So this is a complex question because like I'll look at, I'll break it down. Um, So for example, Ash K, let's start with her 20, 21 pro wins. She's very hit and miss. So she's very, either very, very flat. um, And she's just not carved up and looks very stringy. Her last show, she was a bit full. Um, Like as in, in a good full. Like she had a lot yeah, more yeah. fullness because when she's flat, you'll see her arms go to nothing, her shoulders, her back, her taper, yep. her rear shot. Even when she's flat, she's got amazing glutes and calves. Mm. But when you see her super flat, even her calves go down. Now that okay. would be, yeah. yeah like you, you'll notice it. Like um, it wasn't the show that she just won, but there was a show before that. I can't remember, recall. Oh, um, the karma classic or something like yeah, that. And yeah. And she was yeah, flat. Yeah. As, yeah. She was disgustingly flat for her. Um, yeah. And then if you look at the, even better, you can go on YouTube, 2019 Olympia. If you look at her in the call out, you'd be like, whoa, where did her shoulders go? Where did her back go? Yeah. Flat as a yeah. pancake. So okay, cool. yeah. I feel like it's just not, it's very hit and miss. And I, you know, you got to put emphasis on the coach. I don't think it's her. I think yeah. that, you know, you need to feed up your athletes to make sure that they're full without spilling mm-hmm. them over. And she's always in super condition. So it's not a work ethic problem. It's a food problem. Right. Yeah. So yeah. she also needs to work on her posing. If I was her coach, I'd be handing it to her. Because oh, she's one of the shittest yeah. poses I've ever seen in the top five at Olympia. I mean, I mean, if she posed, if she posed like Angelica, and she was full, she's yeah. automatically top three. Yeah, like yeah. automatically. The most recent show, I looked at a video and that Jazzy figure that I was following. I'm like, oh, cool. Like, there's because I was watching it and I was like, oh, cool. There's like the last top three. I think it was something like that. And I thought to myself for a second, I'm like, who is that girl? This posing's terrible. It's shut around like, oh shit, that's actually Kay. But you're right, she's very rigid and stiff and it's not sexy looking. Like it's almost too over the top where she looks uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, interesting. I'm gonna like that. Yeah, <laughs> no. So I d I didn't like it. And then I feel like she needs to bring up her upper body. So yep. 
There's a few things. I'll tell you a few things off air because I don't want to give away everything that I see. <laughs> of um, course, yeah. I've got I plan certain things in my head based on the things I see, and I don't think the problem with let's say Australia and different coaches that haven't got the eye. Yeah, yeah. And I see yeah. things really clearly now. Where I used, to, I honestly didn't. I thought I did, and yeah. and I'm sure in six months' time or twelve months' time, I'm going to see things better. So I'll, I'll mm-hmm. tell you a few things off air because I'm not going to give away everything. But <laughs> um, I would say that I, I think Laura Lee's the standard. Because uh-huh. Laura Lee, although she has, you know, she's got a very good structure. She doesn't have the best structure in terms of, like Issa's got the most amazing structure. Yeah. But Issa's is not relatable to the everyday female unless you're yeah. like names like Rochelle. You know what I'm saying? Because she's yeah, kind yeah. of freaky that way too. But for the everyday athlete, you can go look at Laura Lee and go, oh, I really like her glutes. I really like her shoulders. It's a bit more achievable because structurally, although she's very impressive, it's not like Issa who's just a freak. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's very hard to, to, you know, compare yourself to someone like that. But I just like Laura Lee's overall development flow proportion. Mm-hmm. I think that if she came in peeled, like let's say Ashley K type of conditioning, but full, then she wins the Olympia. Like, and, uh, yeah. and, and then everyone's like, oh, no, everyone's on the Easter bandwagon. I remember I was on the Easter bandwagon before she even won. Yeah. And I was like, she's got a lot of potential, just like you said about Claire, right? Like coming up, like yeah. this girl's going to do really well when she fills out. Now she's filled out. I'm looking at it and going, yeah, you're good, but I still think that Laura Lee can beat you, for example. Yeah. I, yeah. I sincerely do. I, I don't yeah. see... I think Angelica's finished. Um, she's a bit narrow. I as well, yeah. She's a bit narrow. Um, her last few shows, she's been a bit watery in a glute hamstring. So when she's walking to the rear, she's jiggling like crazy and it's like a water problem. Yeah, Whereas yeah, yeah, yeah. someone like Jen Dory... Um, probably, Jen, Jen's actually not too bad, but she's hard from the rear but not from the front. So at the Olympia, if you look at the video... She had a bit of a water problem in the midsection because yeah. I analyzed that. So she had a water problem. Laura Lee did. Ashley Kay was peeled, but she was just flat as a pancake. Oh, and then yeah. you had, and um, Angelica was third and she was off. And then Janet was pretty much on for Janet. Yeah. So Janet actually looked quite impressive in the front shot, even though she's kind of not fully developed. It's very odd. Her front shot's very interesting to look at. I still don't understand Janet's body. In like, terms of she- her placings or... What do you, what do you, well, yeah, what are your thoughts? Too. I mean, I don't know. She's got a very different body shape. So if she were to just walk flat and straight, like she's got no real curves to her. Like, yeah, she's quite big in her glutes, but then you've got the Arnold's lineup. And I think that's probably one of the worst that I've seen her look at the start of the year in the Ohio show. I didn't rate the way that she came in, like her conditioning at all. So I was very confused when she got so high as what she got. But um, I guess like she's, and they always say it, she's got that model look to her when she walks, she knows how to walk and, you know, show off her body and pose in the best way. So I guess she does kind of lead in that respect. But yeah, I, just, I don't know. I question, I've got a lot of questions about her, her shape. Yeah. I'll, I'll, like I said, I'll, I've written, I've written the note down for later. I'll tell you some things off air yeah. that I've picked up yeah. on because <laughs> yeah. I, I literally like, I pretty much say everything that's on my mind, but I picked up a few yeah. things lately that I think is going to be, a competitive advantage and I can't just share that to everyone. So I'll, 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 expl- I'll explain that a little bit offline and you'd be like, Oh, it makes sense. And you look at it. And once you study what I, I'll send you what you should study and I'll explain why and yeah, you'll, you'll, sure. you'll get it. So um, I, w- I wanted to ask you as well. Um, so we're talking about pros and you said going back to amateurs, are there any, any other amateurs? Um, Cause I don't want to talk about my girls. Cause if it was up to me, all my girls are going to turn pro, right? Like <laughs> there's a, there's a few girls that I've got and I don't want to just na- keep naming them and then leave someone out and someone's going to get upset. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, so we've, we've named, uh, who do we name? We've named three. We said, um, three. So Christina, Anna, Michelle, Christina. Yeah. Yeah. So, who, so who would, well, let's, let's add someone else, but I want you to add that next person. Who do you think? I'm going to say, um, 
forgive me, Emma, if I'm saying your last name, Beraldo? Beraldo, Beraldo yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think she could do some damage. I think she was a bit, in my opinion, probably a bit too over-conditioned the last show that I seen her in, but I think that she could do some serious damage as well. Yeah, I like her show. I've known her for a long time too, and she's trained, changed a lot, but she's got some real good dimension to the way that her shoulders are in terms of her shoulder-to-waist ratio. I like the way that sits. And I think that she could really out-angle a lot of the other girls in terms of her shape. Yeah, I think um, for her, for me, her strong point is just her midsection conditioning. So when she walks on, yeah. you're like, whoa, that's a peeled midsection. Absolutely. And like, you just, you're so drawn to it as well. Because mm. I remember seeing her, um, the, the most impressive package that I seen her was at the Bendigo show last year before she did the Olympia, yeah. the amateur Olympia. Mm-hmm. And when she walked out, I was like, whoa, she made some really good conditioning improvements. And yeah. to me, that was the best look that I've seen because I've seen her compete um, what was that? I said before the Bendigo, that was in my opinion, her best look. Um, mm-hmm. I, then I saw the Victorian Arnold qualifier. She yeah. placed outside top three. I believe she was fourth in that. And then and at fourth, the yeah. Arnold's, she was fourth on the uh, scorecard yeah. as well. But I felt like yeah. the Bendigo look last year was her best look. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the lighting was kind of a bit off at the Arnold as well. So I don't think it really showcased know, everyone's so condition. Hard. Yeah, no, I agree as well because that was like obviously I wasn't there, but even looking at pictures, I'm like, fuck, I can't even tell like who actually even did well or like you know with the placings. Like, I had, I don't really have much of an opinion of that because as you say, like the lighting was so hard to see, and especially in the photos as well. Everything was like yellow. Uh, yeah, no, there's a there's a few things that like I I seen because I was there real life, and I look back at photos, I'm like, nah, that person didn't look as good as that person. Like I, I yeah. you know how you have that per- different perception in real life. Yeah. Sure. Like I said, like for example, if you look at photos with Shell. Mm-hmm. She doesn't look that impressed. She's like, oh, you're gonna, you look a little bit undersized. That's my first impression as a coach. But in real life, I was so mind blown. I was like, this is game over when she was moving. Because yeah. you can see conditioning. You can see her posing. Yeah. In a photo, you can't capture presence and, you know, aura and and then yeah. when they're posing. So that's something that's left out. So I think like someone like Shell doesn't look as good in photos. In real life, it was super impressive. So she's like, yeah. like I said, when you see in real life, you'll know what I mean. Um, that was one person that comes to mind. There was a, there was another, there was another girl in the novice class that I really liked. Um, I believe I can't think of her name. She's an Asian girl. She placed third in the tour class. I'm pretty sure she's from New South Wales. Can't think of her, but I actually really liked her. I thought she was um, in a tough class and probably has got a decent amount of potential moving forward. But it feels like a bit of a blur now, doesn't it? Because <laughs> it feels like so long ago. Like, you know, when you, with all the comps, you get to see all the faces again, you get familiar with them again too. But I was trying to think. No, I don't remember who she is. So we got like, let's see, we got, we got like a couple of Victorians, a couple of uh, New South Wales. Who, who from Queensland? It's got to be someone from Queensland. So a girl called Jess Johnson, who I've known for a little while from oh, the yes. old life in the NBA days. Yeah, I, she's stunning. I follow her. Yeah, she's yeah. um. When when is she competing next? Oh well, that's a really odd question, Troy. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> as soon as possible, maybe. Yeah, yeah. No, she's she's a beautiful girl as well. So I just, yeah, I've known her for a long time. I think she could do quite well. Who else? There's also Prue. She normally does quite well. She's always well, historically always done quite well. I don't really know anyone from WA or South Australia too well. Yeah, WA. Oh, so you got Liv, lives from WA. Sorry. Yes. Yes, she is. Yep. Um, so that's, so lives obviously, cause she won, um, nationals tour class and then was third at the Arnold's tour class. Yeah. When she did nationals, I was like, wow, that's a stacked tour class when Liv won that. And oh my God. It was like the that, Adonis that will come out. Yeah. I, <laughs> that was tall, the most, like girls. Yeah. That was the most impressive tour class I've ever seen up until that point in time. 
And then, you know, because I had um, Alex and Shell on the show, and I'm like, oh, against Liv, this is going to be interesting because they're three different physiques. And yeah. then obviously they got the nod over here, and I thought, wow, like this is difficult, you know, moving forward, right? Shell came out of nowhere because she was a first timer, essentially. Mm-hmm. She's competed before, and like first time is a very odd sort of thing to say because if you competed in other federations, you're kind of not a first timer, but yeah. first time for IFBB. So it's like, it's yeah. almost lying, right? Yeah, yeah. But um, first time for IFBB, because that's that. Yeah, that's the that's the term that we need to use. But what first timers haven't we seen yet that have come out of nowhere, just like a shell next year? That's going to go. Wow, you're a freak too. And I'm sure that it's a recurring thing. So even though we've mentioned some really good competitors, some of these competitors are potentially going to miss out because there's that new freak that comes along. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. I, I want to go back to your prep. Um, biggest challenges you faced during prep that you had to deal with, and how did you overcome those challenges? Yeah, so probably the big, we're going to go deep here, Troy. But um, there's part of me that kind of was somewhat relieved that Arnold's didn't go ahead because I actually found out some really horrible news in my family three weeks before Arnold's was supposed to be on. So I found out my dad was diagnosed with cancer and we weren't going to find out the actual prognosis until literally two days before Arnold's was supposed to be on. So that was that was fucking rough. It was really, it was probably the most hardest thing I've ever had to deal with, knowing I had all this amount of stress with COVID going on, going into peak week, and then also having to be on stage two days after finding out what exactly he had. So, yeah, so I remember when we found out that Arnold wasn't on, as much as I was upset, I was like, I just literally am not emotionally okay to even think about, like, what could happen. So that was the hardest, like, before it even got cancelled, that was the hardest thing to kind of think, okay, how do I compartmentize my feelings and my life, the stress in my life and also the stress of prep? So, oh, that was a pretty challenging time. So, there's, yeah, like I said, there's a part of me that I didn't go ahead because that was one less thing I had to worry about because I think that really would have thrown me off a lot. Yeah, really would have. That would have yeah. been, yeah, I, I can imagine that would have done that with anyone. And then not only that, mm. you had, like, that's a big, big issue. And then just yeah. just the general stress of COVID in itself was a problem back mm. then. So I yeah. felt like most of the competitors that did the Arnold as amateurs probably didn't peak as well as they would have because they had all that stress during peak week anyway, especially the ladies from interstate. Absolutely, yeah. And so I remember thinking, God, I don't even know if I can actually finish. Like I, just could, I got to the point where I sat down and I was, and I said to Mitch, I'm like, I don't think I can do this. I do not think that I can finish off this prep and actually get on that stage because I was so stressed out. I remember there was a couple of days where I just forgot about my meals. I didn't train. I was like, I fucking can't do it. You know? So I guess like that was the most challenging thing in terms of like from an emotional and personal standpoint where I didn't talk about it. I didn't tell anyone about it. Obviously my coach knew Mitch and just my immediate family and I had to pretend like everything was all okay. So having to deal with that stress at that time as well was just next level. So there's a part of me that's, yeah, pretty happy it didn't go ahead because, yeah, we found out the results for it just a couple of days beforehand. So I can only imagine, like, the state that I would have been in if I hadn't gone on stage, you know, uh, and being absolutely. in with it. So, yeah, yeah so that was pretty shit. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Sorry to hear about that. Yeah, yeah. So- no, but he's, he's doing great. He has done so good. So positive results so far, which is amazing. So okay, yeah. that's really good. Really good to hear. So yeah. it's something a little bit less, um, a little bit easier is when you diet, like what type of diet are you, do you like to do like low carb pr- approach, like a high fat approach? High carbs, high carbs. My body loves high carbs. So a lot of, you, you hear a lot of people that don't understand prep and that kind of thing. You're like, oh, I bet you're eating nothing and like training 500 hours a week. It's bullshit. So my, every single prep that I've done with Gretchen, it's well over two and a half thousand as a minimum. So I eat a lot of food or high carbs or, 
you know, high protein, that kind of thing. Peak week even still on pretty high calories as well. So that's what I'm saying. Like before, like there's been no prep where it's been that challenging to the point where I've hated it. It's pretty easy because I'm, I've got energy. I've got like, you know, I feel good because I'm eating a lot of food and it complements everything that I'm doing. And with my job as well, like I chew three calories, like you wouldn't believe because I'm on my feet a lot of the time. So like if I look at my watch now, I've done 22,000 steps by oh, one wow. o'clock. Okay. You know, so that's, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> <It's actually fun. laughs> <laughs> well, that, that explains the calories. How many steps would you average a day? Um, so my big days, it's about, yeah, 23,000 roughly or on the smaller days, at least 15 to 20. Yeah. That's yeah. I, I, like, I'd want, I wonder like, you know, cause steps is interesting, right? Like how many calories would that burn is something that I'd love to know. You know? Yeah, I mean, look, my watch says something, but I don't fully believe it. It's just an average. I don't. You know. Yeah, I don't. I don't believe. Yeah, I'm a, I don't believe the watches either. Because some of the watches say really ridiculous numbers. I'm like, no, nah, that's not possible. I know. There's some days I'm like, look, I was pretty active, but I don't believe I was that active. Like, yeah. it just doesn't make sense at all. Yeah, it's like yeah. if I burned like 1,500 calories, I should look like a prawn right now. Like, you know exactly. what I'm saying? Exactly. Should be like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> should be flat as hell. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. Is, are there any food sources that you find that are really beneficial for you so you mentioned high carb do you avoid certain types of carbohydrates like gluten or anything that's like the same approach like not having a lot of gluten and like it's weird how clearer i feel especially with like my eyes i feel like i have more energy like i feel like my body just feels a lot more lighter as well so in terms of other carbs like i do stick to my staple carbs i like you know rice sweet potato I was eating gluten muff, like gluten-free English muffins. <laughs> that yeah. was like my little thing too. Um, then of course, like, you know, just with fruits and stuff like banana, pineapple, that kind of thing. But yeah, nothing too major. Yeah. yeah. So, so you're more of a dieter, not a macro girl. Oh, in prep, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. It keeps um, me focused. One less thing to worry about. I'd much prefer to be told, eat this, that, and the other. Sweet, no worries. Yeah. Macros, like, I like to do them off-season because that way I can change it up and that's great and all. But then I feel like... I steer off and go, oh, cool, I can add this in. It's not so bad. And I, I fuck with my head a bit with it too. So I'd rather just be told what to eat and I know it's going to work. And that way for me, I know I'm having a more cleaner approach to the diet. And yeah, it's less to stress about. I, I completely agree with that. And that's my logic as well, because you've got less variables. If something doesn't, yeah. like you can have macros in your off season and your digestion is fine. Sometimes yeah. you have, if, I mean, and you could be like on a complete, I don't know, bodybuilder bro diet, so to speak be eating broccoli and then, oh shit, broccoli is not working with me. I need to take it out. So yeah. if really clean food sources have the potential for digestion issues, then you can imagine what like a lot of artificial st stuff that you have when you're eating macros is yeah. going to do to you when you're in a deficit because yeah. the body changes when it's in a deficit. It doesn't absorb things the same rate. Like you can eat whatever you want in the off season, 3000 calories, whatever it is. And then you cannot probably eventually like four weeks out, your body's not going to respond to the same food. There's no chance. Because it sure. happens with, like I said, the broccoli is a common thing, cauliflower, yeah. a lot of ladies like, oh, I've been eating, I haven't changed my diet. I'm like, vegetables, okay, need to, need to swap that over. So yeah. have you found um, like vegetables, for example, have you had an experience with that, changing things in and changing things out? Um, broccoli, depending on how well it's cooked, will either make me super bloated or I'll be fine. Um, Beans, am I right with? A lot of, I know a lot of girls have a lot of intolerances to beans. They're sweet. They're fine for me. Um, onion and garlic, can't do. Love them, but can't do. They just yeah. make me super loaded, and that's a shame because, like, I'd love to just, like, chuck them into stuff, but no, it doesn't work. Um, but simple, like, more simpler stuff like zucchini, like, mushroom. Cauliflower's all right for me as well. I find that so much more easier to digest, and my body does, like, oh, really? like it. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, but yeah, broccoli is funny. It's got to be really kind of, I've got to have it super cooked. Like if it's just a little bit kind of that crispy kind of nut, just forget about it. I just feel like shit. This makes me feel so bloated. 
so would you steam it or would you like boil it? Yeah, I boil it. Yeah, well, that, that's yeah. some old school yeah. boil. Yeah, when you boil it, that's just like, like, is it soggy? It to, is it like soggy <laughs> as hell though? Like, is that the type of boiling that you like? Well, I don't like it, but I have to. It's like all the nutrients are like boiled out of it by then. But <laughs> you know what? It's funny. Like I had someone. Um, I had a thought. It's like if you if you let the you know the water cool down, would you drink the water because it has nutrients in it? Is that even a thing? I don't know. Maybe it, maybe it's a hardcore thing. Somewhere would do that. <laughs> yeah. True. With your with your training style, could you tell us a bit about that for the listeners? And what are some of your favorite exercises to like? For example, you said you're working on your glute hamstrings. Um, yep. you know, without the lower back injury, but what are some of the exercises that you found that have been beneficial? For glutes specifically or? Yeah, just anything in general, like yep. developing your physique. Cause I think that you've like every year you make improvements. So I'd love to hear more yep. about that. Um, look, I, I don't have any muscle group that I don't like to train. A lot of girls are a bit concerned about chaining chests and arms and that kind of thing. I think for a balanced overall look, you've got to still train everything to some respect. I don't really specifically do smaller muscle groups on specific days, but to break it down, I'll do say Monday, Wednesday, Saturday, all legs. So different variety of like legs, like, you know, more glute specific or might do full legs or more like, you know, hamstrings, whatever. And then on the other days, it's either two or three more of upper body. So Probably my favorite day to train is back. I love training mm. my back. I don't know why. I've always just enjoyed it. I find that obviously your back connects to everything. So you've got to be strong in your lower back, upper back, everywhere to kind of help train everywhere else. And that's always in the beginning was always my weaker point. So I found that building up my upper back has helped with my shape, obviously my shoulders as well, my strength. It also helps obviously with my lower back and with my glutes as well because that's where my main issue was. But favorites favorite exercise i guess for glutes has been curtsy lunges i Ooh. find that's really act, like helps activate and stimulate from every different way because you're changing the movement patterns all the time as well um hip thrusts see i love hip thrusts but i found they were really putting a lot of pressure on my lower back because i was trying to overcompensate but Mm, love a good deadlift but of course i feel like they thicken me up too much in my waist because i start to overcompensate a little bit but I gotta say my go-to is definitely been cut. I really love curtsy lunges. I really feel like they just hit my glutes from the right angles and really, yeah. And seated hamstring curl, but you've got to lean forward into it. Yeah. The glute hamstring tie. Yeah. Yeah, that, that is so interesting because like it's funny because um with my programming because like you know how like sometimes when you you do a program and you just write the same exercise all the time. Yeah. Or you have your favorite, and it was up until recently where um the whole isolation thing happened and everyone's in quarantine. Everyone has to train in the garage. I'm thinking about mm-hmm. exercise to write in people's plans. I'm like, yeah. what's that exercise? I'm like, everyone's got basic, I'm like, curtsy lunge. And then yeah. since I started adding it back in, everyone really likes it. So it's funny that you mentioned yeah. that. And it's one of the yeah. exercises that I always generally put in 90% of the time now. Yeah, cool. Yeah, no, I love it. I feel like it really changed my glute development. And I started really implementing that um, Arnold's last year. And I found that it really just created a more, more fullness at the top of my glutes hmm. to kind of create that shape. And then, yeah, they changed a lot actually when I started doing that. But um, would, yeah, I love that. You... I just love going back. <laughs> <laughs> I really do. I'm such a boy when it comes. I'm like, yes, let's train back, let pull downs. <laughs> no, that, that's good. But that's probably what you got a lot of width, so it's, it makes mm. sense to me. With with the cursey lunge, um, would you add that in sort of like in the middle of your workout while you've got your glutes activated and they're pumped, or would you do it like as a fresh exercise, the first up? More when I've got a pump. Mm. Absolutely, yeah. Um, especially because you are angling on such an awkward plane of motion with whether you kind of come down to as well. You gotta be so careful about your knees too, which I've found a lot of, I've seen a lot of girls do it where they'll come down and then 
back level come behind, but their knee positioning is wrong and they're not hitting their glute in the right way. So I like to do probably about maybe after the first exercise or so, so I'm really kind of fired up. And then I really focus on my time under tension as well to really feel my glute activate as I'm playing down and pushing it out. It also helps with posing too, because you are forcing your glutes to go laterally instead of just straighten that plane of motion too, because I found that also helps with my glute pop as well, because I'm feeling and activating it to really push out to the side. And I don't know, I could be wrong, everyone might be different, but I feel like I'm stimulating my muscle in that way to really get it to pop out to the side. So when I'm doing my, my front pose and standing kind of with my hip angled, it's made my glute pop a lot more on the side as well. That's really cool. I, I, it's funny, like when we talk about minor muscle connection and for some of the young competitors that are still learning about it, that is so such a really good point. It's like- oh, huge. It's like, and not just that, it's like exercise selection. You're, you know, you got a visual, like you're thinking about, oh, this is going to hit this part of my glute in this shot. That is so important yeah. because then you're yeah. really going to manifest it too. It's not just feeling yeah. it, it's being able to visualize it and believe in it. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And it took me a little while to kind of find what exercises really work well for me too. So there's been a few where I'm like, oh, I don't really like it. But then, you know, over time you realize, hey, maybe I'm not doing the right way. And you're right, just going back to basics sometimes and just realigning everything, really focusing on that mind-muscle connection. Like, it took me a little while for my shoulders to come up. My delts were used to be a pretty, you know, weak point of mine until I really started focusing. Like, yeah, doing back's great, but how can I work on my upper back, specifically my rear delts, to really complement everything else as well? And for years, I was kind of training them in the wrong way. I wasn't really kind of putting my rear delt exercises in with my back exercises to kind of get that extra for the week, as well as my shoulders too. So... Yeah, I tried to, I guess with my programming for myself and also with my coach too, we kind of worked out what would be the best way to program it along to complement the other exercises for that specific session as opposed to going, oh, cool, I'm going to do shoulders and redelts, but like also incorporate it on back days as well. So like underhand grip kind of um, movements and also like narrow, so neutral grip movements as well. I find that really helps with my redelts and I can angle down in a certain way. So I think that's why I love training back so much because there's so many different angles and ways that you can manipulate your upper body as well and really incorporate your rear delts to really kind of create that broader look too. But of course, be careful with your lower back because if you get too close to your lower lats as well, it's when you start to get a thicker waist. So you've got to keep that in mind. Yeah, you're, give, you're giving yeah. away some really good secrets. It's funny because I have, I have the same opinion. Like I feel like yeah. <laughs> ladies do need a bit of lower lat development, but too much yeah. does thicken it up. And it's, it's, uh, yeah. it's like that powerlifting look. Absolutely. You don't want lack the V-shape. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah absolutely. that is so funny because that when because you I, I think uh, it kind of comes across where people are like, oh, you got to train core so much to get a small waist, but yeah, but if you really build your abs and it's the wrong person that does it, like I know if I train core too much, I get a bit blocky and I don't like that on me at all. So I have to kind of scale back and of course focus on vacuums and that kind of thing. But I find by building just slightly and keeping up with my slight lower back development as well, when you do your side pose, you still get that beautiful angle and it comes down and complements your obliques. So it's very dependent on the person. It's a fine, it's a very hard thing to kind of master, I guess. And yeah, a lot and of people get that wrong. It's individual depending on what your structure looks like as well. Because some people will just be very straight up and down with like not so much, I would say density in the back and not a lot of width yeah. in that case where I would say for listeners, definitely hit the lower lats because you yeah. need to have some sort of development. And it's probably sure. easier to get that minor muscle connection with your lower lat if you're rowing yeah. low. And then mm -hmm. once you've got that connection, then go up top yeah. probably. Angelica has got the best frame for that too, actually, because her lower lats perfectly are shaped and formed to come down through her core as well as she does when she's her side pose. Yeah. I reckon she's got really good lower lat development, but not sure. like not too much. You know what I mean? Like it's not too chunky to the point where she kind of loses her shape, but it complements her shape and the way that she poses. Yeah, because she doesn't look blocky from the rear. It was funny. Um, who who who's look blocky from the rear that I'm thinking of? Do, 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 do. Attila. Have you seen how, how she looks? Oh, yeah. Rear? 
if you look look at her physique next to Arca when, you, when we get off this, right? And just look yeah. at her rear shot and be like, oh, why, why does she look so blocky from the rear? Ah, interesting. So her rectus are always on fire, probably. I think so. And yeah. it's something that I picked up on because I'm like, oh, she's so impressive from the front. Everyone's like, oh, why didn't she do so well at Olympia? Which she did, kind of did in the top 10. I think, um, yeah, just that thickness in the lower back just probably let her down a bit. It's too powerlifter-y. It's just, yeah, yeah but, but she doesn't have, it's funny because she's got that thickness in that erector, but she doesn't have that nice upper back thickness. So she's yeah, missing out on exactly yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah. Nest with the hot tips. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I need to shut up now. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, Ness, I'm going to talk to you off air. And you're like, no, I'm going to give it a, <laughs> these are the secrets. So it's like, if, um, if anyone's really smart, they'll listen and apply it. What, what you're saying, that's for sure. Um, there we go. We could be creating the new generation of bikini, <laughs> bikini pros. <laughs> I, th- I think so. You know, cause the information that gets, that's available now, um, compared to what it was, you know, a couple of years ago, even when you turn pro, I mean, yeah. you know, all you need to do, if you're like, oh, I'm young in the sport, I want to learn, I want to do my first bikini comp, I'm going to go on Instagram and look up what Ness is doing for yeah. exercises and, you know, what other competitors are doing. And it's like, they've got that at massive advantage, like mm-hmm. big time. Yeah, Whereas sure. When I first started, there was no like booty kind of workout kind of things. Like, you know, resistance bands wasn't a thing where you'd, you know, do your shuffles and blah, blah, blah. Like it was all about just training hard and getting like bigger, if anything, like just getting muscle into your body. There was no specific kind of like girls back in the day who really, like you look at some of the girls now who are more fine tuned, they've got their, like Renee, for example, she's got her fine art of her glute development and, you know, obviously a pelvis ability and that kind of thing. And she's really capitalized in that respect because she knows so much about it. So there was nothing like that back when I first started competing. It was all about, you know, go to the gym, just train hard, try and get some thickness on, you know? So there's a lot, you're like, you're right. There's a lot more information out there now compared to what it was years ago when I first started. Oh, big time. I want to ask you as well, are you a fan of HIIT interval training for cardio? Um, I do enjoy it. I personally, look, I'm not much of a cardio, but I hate cardio. I really do. I really just find it boring. Uh, some girls love it and that's great, but I just, I get bored going for a walk. Like I just, I need, <laughs> I'd rather get my session out more of like a pushing kind of girl. So like, it's good kind of being a part of F45 as well, because if I'm going to do a cardio session, I want to go in there, be in a class, be pushed by other people as well. Like, cause I'm very competitive. So that's where I know I'm going to kind of, you know, work well. However, coming close to comp, I will not do it. It just drains me way too much. It's too much of my central nervous system. It's well, all well and good to get a sweater on and everything. But I, for me personally, I'm better to go for a walk at that point, you know, and I need to also, I think a lot of people forget about your energy as well. Like if you're going to exert your energy in that situation, it can drain you. It really can, especially in a camp, like as a competitor as well. If you're struggling for energy from day to day and not getting enough from your food, and then you go and put yourself in a high intensity session you're screwed, <laughs> you know? So I personally like it in off season, not so much during prep. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause I mean, it makes sense. Cause you do a lot of steps regardless. Sorry. Siri, who's going to win the Olympia? What I'm saying. Oh yeah. The steps. Um, yeah. You do a lot of steps. So it makes sense that you're not going to yeah. enjoy, you know, doing your slow cardio. Yeah. And then obviously with the F45 session. So that, that definitely explains your metabolism. What's the most amount of calories you've eaten in the off season? If I don't ask you, someone's going to kill me for not asking that. Yeah, yeah. Off season, um, three thousand. Yeah, yeah mm. that's really good. And that's I mean, like loosely as well. I mean, I'm not super strict at the moment. I'm also I'm doing a bit more macro kind of stuff now as well, and that's for me to have like a bit of a mental break from competing, and of course, like you know, being in comp prep mode. But yeah, three thousand easily. How many kilos over stage weight do you generally get in your off season? Because to me, you seem like you're decently lean. Yeah, I don't really get that much more. I mean. I stopped weighing myself probably the week or two before um, the actual show. 
or a week really, but um, usually I stage my around 54 kilos roughly. Um, about now, I'm going to say about 56, 57. Oh, wow. So you're staying really in shape. Yeah, because that's but what I thought too. To. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's, that's super impressive. But you know what? Look, I mean, success leaves clues, ladies. It's like you have, like at the end of the day, Australia's highest placing pro right now is saying, that is essentially living that lifestyle, staying in shape in the off season. Essentially, there's no off season. So of course, you're going to get in good condition. You're going to be able to eat a lot of calories, get in shape because yeah. you're not allowing yourself to get out of shape. And it's not like, oh, I've, um, I'm not putting in any muscle because you are making changes year to year, as, as we mentioned. Um, I think that, I probably think that um, from when you were that, when you turned a pro at that, uh, that Arnold in 2018, and then you did your pro show at the 19 Arnold, I thought that was the biggest amount of changes that you've made. Yeah. Oh then, yeah, yeah. I think for me as well, I was like, holy shit, I need to step it up now. <laughs> and so Gretchen and I kind of went, cool, yep, let's stop pumping in more food. And not that I was on low calories back then, but that was around the first time him and I really started to work together too. So he was getting to know my body at that point. So I'd only done two shows with him and then the second one was when I got my pro card. Um, and so we basically stayed training, sat in my diet between then and the Japan show. And then of course Arnold's and he got to know our body a lot. So we were literally like testing throughout that time too. And yeah. coming to that Arnold show was when I really started to put like eat more and more and more because my body was like, cool, I'm ready. And I say within like, you know, reason of like leanness. So that way we had a chance to build lean, like from a lean starting point as well and not have to stress too much about how much food I was putting in and having to strip it back again. So yeah, it's taken, like it didn't take too long for him to learn too much about my body because I was quite receptive in that respect. And of course, obviously with my lifestyle, I'm, I'm so active anyway throughout the day. It was literally about how much more food he could push into me. Yeah. <laughs> so I was kind of like lucky in that respect. It wasn't about how much we can kind of strip off. So yeah. I've got an interesting question. So I just want, I just want you to like one word, right? So if you could describe yeah. your mindset in or like your level of commitment to bikini in one word, what would it be? That's a hard one. Level of commitment. Or can I say a sentence instead of one yeah, word? Yeah, we could do a sentence. We could make it an easy sentence, yeah. It's literally all or nothing. Yeah. Yeah, it's all or nothing. And this is sound a bit weird, but one of my little mantra things that I do before I go on stage, I always say to myself, it's now or never. Now or never. I can't walk away. I have to get on stage. So I, like, I'm like everyone else. I get nervous before I compete. I'm nervous backstage. And, you know, I kind of, I am that quiet girl. Like, even though I'm bouncing around a lot excited backstage, right before we go on, that's when I'm like, oh, shit, I'm about to go on stage. <laughs> nerves kick in and everything. So I have to say to myself, Ness, now or never. It's now or never. You've got one choice. You get on that stage or you can walk away and not do it. So it's now or never. So I had that whole approach when it comes to my prep as well. It's like all in or nothing. Yeah. I, I want to emphasize, you know, the pro mindset because I mean, staying realistically a few kilos over stage weight year round yeah. um, and building up the calories. I mean, that is the reason why you're probably in the position you're in. And obviously I want to emphasize again, natural doesn't get too far. Like you're three kilos over stage weight. Of course you're going to yeah. get a good outcome. You know what I'm saying? Like you're putting yourself in the best position possible to succeed. So when I was thinking about that one word, I was just thinking disciplined, like oh, just yeah, to describe you like just discipline. And to me, discipline meaning, doing what you need to do at all costs. It's just like, yeah. there's nothing outside I of that. Like, love discipline. I love you're just, it. You're like a machine. My wife should have been in the army. I'm like, no, I'm too much of a pussy to be in the army, but I love discipline. Like I love having to be strict to myself. I really do. Cause I feel like it just helps with your mindset as well. Cause then you apply that to all aspects of life. You know, um, if you're not disciplined in one aspect in life and you're lazy, you're going to be the same in other things. So what's the point? So again, yeah. all or nothing. Why that not? Is, that is so cool. Cause I, I wanted to sort of get an, you know, an insight for me personally to figure out, you know, why have you been so, so successful? I think you've just definitely given the answer. 
who do you think so all right so this is you're probably going to say you but let's say outside of you who is the yeah. hardest training athlete that you know and female female athlete hardest training athlete or someone that you think you know like oh you got a good good mindset like you got a good head on you amateur pro doesn't matter oh that's a tough one i don't know i want to say i want to say julia because i know that she works hard and she's, she's tough I know she is. And I know that when she does her preps, again, she's kind of like a, a, an all or nothing kind of girl. She's disciplined. She knows what she wants and she'll work hard for it. Yeah. But I also want to say Renee. I mean, you know Renee more than what I do from a client perspective as well from, you know, when we were working together and stuff like that. But I feel like she works hard on the pressure too. And I've got a lot of respect for her for that. I, I'd, I'd like to see her compete again. I really would. I'd like to see what she could do this time around. Yeah. So I feel like, well, I mean, like, I'm basing also that a lot of that I want to see on social media too. So yeah, I think Renee does work quite hard and she can do quite well. So yeah, I'd like to see her really push herself again and go to the stage again. Yeah. Oh, and it's, but, it's funny because like I was so much looking forward to this Australian pro show that wasn't, that mm. obviously now it's not going to happen yeah. because it was kind of cool because there was like no internationals and I was just like loving know, that idea. No, no, yeah. You know, it, was, it was almost like an amateur comp, you know, like all Aussies only. It was kind of really cool. I've got another question for you. So outside of yourself, because I know that you believe in yourself, who do you think will be the first Australian to the Olympia? Bikini competitor, of course. That's a tough one. Based on the girls who are, well, obviously prior to COVID, who were planning to go overseas and planning trips and that kind of thing. I know Claire was planning. I know I'm sure Nicole was planning as well. Yeah. Um, Elif, Elif was play, planning or is planning to, from what yeah. I understand. Yeah. I mean, Sinead, I know she had a plan as well. So the first girl to go to Olympia, ooh. So yeah. It could, it could even be someone that you haven't spoken to that you maybe assume, let's just assume everyone's going to compete overseas and everyone's yeah. ready to rock. Mel Carver. There we go. Yeah. 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 She's got that exoticness to her and I really think that the judges are going to love that. Yeah, it's, it's, she's very yeah. striking on stage. Yeah, yeah, like she's a, very like, eye-catching. And the way that her body has changed so much as well, like, she's so, like, you're just drawn to her on stage. So I remember, like, when I first got my pro card, and I was sitting in, like, the crowd watching her on stage at the Arnold's thinking, God, she's gorgeous. Like, she's just beautiful. Like, she's got the overall package. She really, really does. And I really think that she will just, yeah, absolutely. And because she's so different, like, well, she's different looking because of how exotic she is. She really stands out as well. And I really feel like the judges will be so drawn to that. Yeah. yeah. Extra, very, very unique looking. And then, you know, considering that she did compete that pro show that year and she was Australia's highest placing pro up until that point. And yeah. she's obviously grown into her physique a bit more. Um, poses a lot better now than she used to. Yeah. Back, back then. And obviously, I, I believe it was the different type of posing too back then. It was more like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the, the that's called the old IFBB. I think that's what they yeah. probably did at least because they didn't have that transition yet. And then like uh -huh. us Australians, yeah. like we didn't know like how Americans pose. It's like the pro girls pose so differently to the amateurs. So they're just still learning that. And I think that was I'm pretty confident that was Mel's first pro show too. Yeah, I feel like she went to Hong Kong or something like that as well around that time or before it. Yeah. So no, that see that was um that was amateur though. So um because when I used oh, to work. Okay. Yeah, I used to work for the, <clears throat> excuse me, I used to work for the Arnold and um, so Tony also was responsible for the Arnold Asia and that was in Hong Kong and she placed second there to yes. 
the eventual overall winner. I remember like, cause I was working um, backstage, whatever. And she was so nervous. And I was just like, I was like, Mel, you look, I go guarantee worst case. I said, you're, I said, you're, you're in the top two. Yeah. And she's like, really? And she's like, oh, cool. She, had, she was confident. It was weird. Like she's a bit nervous backstage. It's hard as an Australian competitor as well. Yeah. She walked on. It didn't even look like she was nervous. It was just like game on. And arguably she probably could have won a pro card there too. Like in hindsight, yeah. looking back at it. I, I think that the girl that won to my knowledge hasn't done anything with it. Um, okay. And I think Mel's definitely got more potential out of the two, but I thought Mel, you know, looked, looked awesome there. And then obviously she went on to uh, the next show. What was the next show? That, when did Mel turn pro? It was, um, well? I'm just trying to think. Yes, it was. Yeah, uh, yeah it was. Sorry. It was, um, yeah, me. Yeah. Was, yeah, to the 2017 Arnold. Cause then it was the, yeah, what we're talking about is the 2016 Arnold Asia. That's how it was. Yeah. And that's yeah. the same thing. Similar story to you actually, because yeah. um, at the Victorian show, cause everyone's like, oh wow, Melissa Carver second of the Arnold Asia. It's a big deal because those Asian competitors, like the amateurs are really strong. Like you're like, wow, yeah. that's quite impressive. Like to me, yeah. at least working for the Arnold, I was like, oh, well, Arnold Asia, the competition, like the bodybuilders were insane. I've never know, seen yeah. so many freaky Asian bodybuilders in my life. I couldn't believe the level of competition, right? Yeah, and then yeah. They had like a Korean team that was walking around the expo that weren't even competing and they looked like they're all shredded. And I just thought, <laughs> this is going to be a hard time for the Australian competitors, right? I was just they like, shit. Genetics, don't they? Yeah. They and, I, and I was just like, and they're all taking photos. And I know they're not competing because they're not going to tan on. They're just chilling at the expo. like <laughs> fan, fan, You know what I mean? Yeah, and I'm like, wow! If that's what the the fans look like, or the spectators, you know, the supporters, and what do the freaks look like? And they they were really freaky. But um, so what happened with Mel is uh, I remember she did the Victorian qualifier, right? She was out of shape. Could have been in the top three, placed fourth. Okay, yeah. So she didn't she didn't place, and everyone everyone forgot about it. And to be honest, I remember when I looked at it, I was like, oh wow, she's been out of shape, just completely off. And I think it was only two weeks from the Victorian show to the Arnold. And I thought Mel was screwed in my mind. Yeah. I was like, this is not going to be a good time. Yeah. And I remember when I, I went backstage, um, she was with um, this guy from Melbourne, uh, Jay Kennedy. Um, he, was, he was PTing her at the time um, at, at Brunswick. I think he was anyway. And then she's like, oh, come have a look at Mel. I said, you're cool. Because I was just walking past. And then Mel's like, oh, what do you think? My eyeballs popped out of my head. Yeah. I was just like... I like, it's, I, I, I never call it early. I said, it's game over, Mel. I go, yeah. I go, you got a pro card today. And she's just like, she plays fourth, right? I was just like, it's game over. And then I said to Jay, I go, I go, dude, you don't understand. I go, it's game fucking over. Like, I didn't even need to look at anyone else. That's how impressed yeah. I was. Right. And I, it's very hard to call things early, Yeah. but she was that impressive. It didn't matter because, and I couldn't believe not just how impressive she looked as a competitor, but the two week transformation, I've never seen anything like it. It yeah. looked like a six week transformation. Like, but it's amazing what you can do in two. Like I was similar. Like I had three weeks. We could completely change my conditioning. So good on her. That's awesome. Yeah. But um, no, I, I like that pick um, for for the for the Olympia. But of course, you're going to back yourself. So you're oh. you're you're, you're going to go to the Olympia for <laughs> now. And yeah, I'm not ready to finish yet. Still got stuff to do. <laughs> so I've got a couple uh, more questions for you. Then we'll wrap it up. So. What are some of the biggest, you mentioned before about a couple of mistakes, but what do you think are some of the other mistakes you've done in a prep or an off season that you could perhaps give some advice to some young competitors out there? Like not to do, like what to avoid? I think with social media now as well, it's harder than ever to compare yourself to other girls. And I used to, I mean, to be honest with you, I'll be honest with you, I still do it now. Like it's not, it's very easy too when you see the best pictures and best versions of people's selves that they put on social media. 
So I think that used to really do my head in. And that's also why I was so long to change federations into IFBB because I used to psych myself out. I'm like, I don't look like that. I can't look like that. Or, you know, that girl looks like X, Y, and Z and I could never be that. So I think just also psyching yourself out and comparing yourself and especially like to pro girls who've been doing this for so long. And I mean, like we know we're talking about like, say for example, my calories and that kind of thing, but it's taken years to kind of get my body used to that as well. And it's kind of like, don't take someone else's success or what they're doing as your own immediately. I think that's what you can do. You know, you've got to make sure that you're obviously work with a coach that understands what your body, who understands what they're doing, who's actually quite reputable, not some just random PT at fitness first who thinks, oh yeah, I'll prep you for a show. So yeah, I guess it's the whole like comparing yourself to other people and just like having the confidence in yourself to actually do it because if you don't trust yourself or have that confidence in yourself to make changes and push yourself out of your comfort zone, you won't ever do it or won't ever get far. So that's probably one of the biggest things from a mental standpoint. Absolutely. Mm, that, that's mm. really interesting. I think, um, yeah, comparing yourself to others is a big, big no, no. Cause you need yeah. to really, if you commit to giving your best effort, I mean, that's all you can do. Yeah. Of course. But, and then obviously, yeah. you know, you didn't rush the process. You've been consistent, you know, you can be competing since 2015 and you put on size every year, just being consistent. And you mentioned the amount of calories you're eating. And obviously that is one of the reasons why you've obviously grown so much is because calories are king. And then yep. you've probably, what's, what's the most you've been over stage weight? Cause it was must, cause you know, you mentioned, um, you know, three kilos over that two, three kilos over stage weight. Now, what would be oh. like the time where you're like, Oh, well, I need to change my strategy. Was there a point for you? We like 10 kilos over stage weight and you're like, I'm never doing that again. Or is it all you're always in condition? I'm a small body type. Like I've always had a very small frame. If I didn't actually train and like train to put on muscle, I'd probably be like maybe 47 kilos. Truly. Mm. I've got a, I've got a very small body. So like hereditary, like my family is quite small as well. So I've never really kind of blown out too much at my, I'm going to say, I'm going to go to commas my, what I felt was my biggest. I think I was tracking about maybe 59. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's, so that's, still, that's still pretty good. That's 85 kilos yeah. over stage weight. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But like that's heavy for my, my, my size as well, you know. That's but so yeah, I've never really kind of like blown out excessively. I've gone to the point where I've just obviously felt like shit, but yeah. <laughs> not like 10 kilos or anything exuberant over stage weight. It's interesting because yeah. I, I think the only other competitor that I know off the top of my head, there's probably others, um, but Melissa Carver doesn't really get too out of shape either. She's always... Even if she, if you have a conversation with Mel and she's like, oh, I'm out of shape. And you look at her and you're like, you're not out of shape, Mel. But yeah. in her mind, she's out of shape because she might be that extra kilo or two out of shape. You know what I mean? Yeah. But really, she's in that five kilo range at all times, I, th I feel like. Yeah, yeah. I think, yes, I think also as well in the back of my head, like I eat healthy for a reason too because I want to feel good. I want to feel shit all the time. I know if I were to go eat an ice cream and a block of chocolate, I'd feel like shit and want to fall asleep. So I think for me, I've also got that thing in the back of my head you know, you need your energy for work. You need your energy to kind of have a clean mindset and that kind of thing. So don't always eat shit, have it once in a while, but like, it's not worth it either for me. Like I just rather eat clean and healthy. And then if I want to go have a meal, my plan, I'm like, I don't feel guilty for it then. I, I can afford to have it. Yeah. So yeah. No, that, that's cool. Cause a lot of, a lot of ladies as well, probably don't understand the importance of reverse dieting. So you've obviously yeah. probably done that really well. Um, yeah. so could you give us some advice? Cause I always try to tell ladies, you know, you need to stay in striking distance for a contest. And that's like, if you are going to reverse diet, which obviously everyone should build up your calories to a point before you start eating all these shit and cheat meals. Cause it's natural for some competitors yep. to give in. So what advice would you give them for, with your experience? Because to me, you've obviously done everything really, really well. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously the night of the comp, I'll go and enjoy myself. Funnily enough, I don't really feel like that food. I just want to eat good food because, you know, it's been a long day of like obviously being on stage. But I always allow myself that first 24 to 48 hours to kind of just relax a little bit, 
chill out. I'll have a few things here and there, but obviously like eat well. But then after that, maybe 48 hour max kind of period, I'll start to obviously reverse. So slowly reintroduce, like clean up my diet again, you know, reintroduce my carbs slowly. I don't really drop my carbs too much, but you know, with any reverse diet, it's literally what it is. You reverse diet back to what your base or maintenance calories or whatever you were on. So do it carefully and strictly and it's worth it because at the end of the day, you work so hard to get to a certain point to look a certain way. There's no point fucking it up and just like blowing it out of the water. So yeah, have your day off, but then get straight back into it. It's worth it. And it's so much more better for your body as well. It's more detrimental to your health. And, you know, I'm sure on your podcast, I could still listen to your podcast from yesterday, but, you know, when it comes to fertility and females as well, it can really stuff your hormones up. And that's when you see girls who are having all these thyroid problems because they're, you know, blowing out on their diets and they're gaining too much weight too fast because they don't care about their reverse diet. And I think it's really important. There's some people out there who go, oh, no, it doesn't mean anything for, you know, it's not worth it, but it is. It absolutely is. It's not just about you know, eating a couple of cookies here and there. It's your health, like your actual health that you need to be, you know, taking in consideration. That pizza is going to be there in six days. It's going to be there in a week's time. What's an extra couple of days eating healthy and doing better for your body as opposed to fucking it up completely. I completely love that. So what advice would you give to your 18 year old self? Don't be a bitch. Don't be scared. Don't be scared to do things and have more confidence. I think when I was younger as well, like I lacked a lot of confidence in that respect and I didn't really push myself or have any clear goals. And it got to the point when I like literally got fed up with myself. I was in a shit job, didn't really have any vision of what I wanted to do. And that's when I started doing obstacle racing. Cause I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to go do something for myself and push myself out of my comfort zone. And I, I remember that day and it's funny. Like I remember sitting there, I was just in a shit mood. I'm like, I hate my job. I hate my life. I want to take control over it. So it's literally just have the confidence to push yourself out of that comfort zone. Like, just don't think about it. Just do it. (laughs) Like, just throw yourself out there. All right. So last question. When will you be on the Olympia stage? Well, the plan was after this October to be. (laughs) Well, look, put it this way. If the old COVID goes away and we can actually do Arnold's and travel plans for next year open up, I hope in the next two years. Yeah, because I'm not ready to finish yet. I'm not done. Like, obviously, 2020 has been a massive setback for everyone um, in my professional career. I feel like I've been forced to quit. But if anything, now I'm like, no, I'm not ready to have a break. I'm not ready to finish. I really still want to keep going. So it's just reinforced that in my brain. I still want to keep going. Awesome. I love that. So thank you for coming on. That's a, that's a really cool interview. Um, thank you for having me. That's been really good. What's your um, Instagram handle for anyone that doesn't follow you? Oh, it's just at Ness Herrera, just my and- name. That is so easy. I'll obviously tag you in it. So, um, <laughs> so I think that'll do it. Another episode done. If you have any questions about this podcast, please feel free to send me a direct message on Instagram. And for those who don't follow me, you can follow me at Troy J Thornton. If you could like this podcast and if you could share it, if you like it, cool. Appreciate it. And for the people out there that would like any topics or questions or any guests on future episodes, please let me know feel free to DM me. Until next time, thank you for listening and peace.